is Benjamin Light. And this is Marcus Sparks. And you're listening to Bros Watch PLL2. Episode 6 of Season 6, No Stone Unturned. Are we doing like an NPR thing here? Are we? Kind of seeming that way. It's kind of quailuted up. Are you quailuted up? No, but I mean, uh, Don't lie. no energy. You're on Norco. <laughs> and you didn't bring any for me, son of a bitch. <laughs> Currently, there's liquid Norco. Ah, there's liquid Norco, folks. We'll leave that conversation for afterwards. Save that for the Nick season two. Clive Owen mm-hmm. use it in interesting ways. Well, this episode, No Stone Unturned, written by Oliver Goldstick and my Goldsmith, directed by Chad Lowe, the maestro. The maestro? Fresh, fresh off of jacking some home runs in the Celebrity All-Star game. I was going to say, he's a home run hitter. I mean, we all knew that already, but now it's official. He was not shy about bragging about that on his Twitter. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? I mean, I guess. I, mean, it's, I don't know. It's not It's not like a real baseball game, but sure. <laughs> Dear world, what did you do today? I hit some fucking homers. I mean, it, it's not like fast pitch or anything. Just saying. Anyway. Let's jump into the episode. I can tell you're going to have to bring the energy on this episode. <laughs> Alright, so we open up. We start in Spencer's bedroom. It's like the next day. Uh, she's staring out the window at us. Or Emily's staring at the window at us. Uh, Spencer stands behind her. And Emily's like, her Leslie master Stone. Spencer behind her. Yeah, Leslie Stone? That's crazy, lol. That's what I said, but maybe it's not. <laughs> like, big crazy eyes from Spencer. Emily is wearing a white t-shirt and leather overall shorts. It's because like, of course. like sexy blacksmith. It's like this weird leather apron short all thing. Uh, Spencer is wearing a dress that would cure your scurvy. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Navy with little oranges and stuff on it. Um, but yeah, Emily says, okay, but you were in a room with this person. Spencer says, yeah. And they were wearing a mask. And Spencer says, look, Mona's always been shady about how she met this girl. Like, did they ever ask her? Yeah, really. <laughs> Like, since when? Last night? Uh, and now we know why. They were sharing a straitjacket. Emily is just like, Spencer. And Spencer's like, and let's not forget, let's not forget, dude, that Mona had a gas mask, passing out jukeboxes, or I'm sorry, juice boxes, <laughs> while we were checking for kidneys within the city. That ain't legal either. Good point. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah said, or Emily says, well, what's taking Hannah so long? So she's like, I don't know. She probably has to drag Mona here on a leash, which is... Imagery. Um, wow, you're not going to use your catchphrase there, huh? What's my catchphrase? And thus, all my fanfiction begins. Yeah, true. I haven't used that in a while. Um, and Emily like, kind of like rubs her temples, processing all this data, and she's just <laughs> well, like... processing and just being like, like, just like calming, you know, like, oh yeah. my god, how, well, how can I communicate with Spencer right now? Because Spencer's just bringing in the mind quakes. Um, she's got a new suspect. Yeah, yeah, and she is just frothing at the mouth of it. Emily's like, oh, Spencer, we saw A jump off a building. A set up an underground bunker with more spy equipment than the CIA. I mean, seriously, in your heart, do you believe Leslie Stone could? Especially like, <laughs> people can surprise you. Well, Mona thanks. maintained a 4.0 average and perfect hair while she's tapping Rosewood's police calls. So wasn't it Shauna who jumped off the building? That's, yeah, exactly what I wrote down. I there's, mean, a, there's an interesting, like, uh, uh, subtle, like, it's not quite theme, but like, right there's where, like, Let's rehash some of Ace crimes and then talk about how we're not going to rehash some of Ace crimes in this episode. 
Yeah. Well, I think this scene right here is Emily's basically, it's like she's acting as Spencer's subconscious, trying mm. to talk her out of this like new harebrained theory, like before it takes root. She's like, yeah. in your heart, do you really think Leslie Stone is a hate? Yeah. So it's like in my heart, there's like four other personalities. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Emily's like, Spencer, we jumped on the Andrew train. And Spencer's like, but he didn't have a motive. This girl does. She thinks that we killed Bethany. And she's a little crazy determined to make this point. So Hannah lets herself in. Uh, Hannah is dressed like she's in a much happier TV show. Uh, kind of throws her hands up like, I can't get to her. And so Spencer Spencer says, why? At the exact same time that Emily said, or yeah, Emily says, did Mona skip town? Yeah, uh, but at the same time. Why did Mona skip town? Uh, let's talk about Hannah here. She's got kind of a, uh, I don't know. What is the color? Is this salmon or like coral? It's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of an orangish coral, I think. Yeah. Like a white jacket with little flower prints on it and like high-waisted black pants. Uh, and she says, no, Mona's mom's busted her for sneaking out at Radley. Uh, she's totally unplugged. I mean, Mona's not even allowed to leave her room. You mean the uh, evil French motifed bat cave? We haven't seen Mona's mom in a while. I wonder if like that's just a matter of like they don't feel like bringing the actress in or if like we should infer anything. Yeah, it's it's been since there was like the break in at the house with the screwdriver mm-hmm. stuck in the floor. And I mean, we know that they went to a supposedly a spa together. They're taking showers together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. And uh, Spencer says, doesn't matter. I'm not even sure if Mona would be any help anyways. And Hannah's like, now you tell me after I tried to shimmy up for drain pipe. Phrasing. I think we need to see that scene too. It sounds very like Romeo and Juliet in a way, you know. Hannah down at the bottom calling out to Mona. <laughs> you dig that? He's throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh says, Hannah by yonder light. Um, yeah. A rose by any other name. Emily says, "Okay, well, I have to go. My mom made an appointment for me and her and Doctor Sullivan. Can't be late." So she's. Kind of glum. She's getting her shit. Hannah's like, where's Arya? And Spencer says, she's a Hollis. She's sneaking Clark's negatives back into that cubby. And Hannah's like, okay, so what's the plan? Are we going to track down Leslie Stone? Are we going to go to Philly? And Emily's like, I'll have to get my head shrunk. And Hannah just like throws her, or I'm sorry, Spencer just throws her hands up. Like, what the fuck? And Hannah's like, seriously? Wait, what is wrong with you people? A is still out there. We have to stick together and see if we can try and catch this girl in the act. Makes sense, but still. Well, and I mean, her motives are all totally sound here, but did, were you at all suspicious of Hannah during this episode? It almost seems like she's like too active. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, because like, she's she's running away from her own problems as usual. Yeah, uh, yes and no, but I mean, it's it's almost like she's like too proactive. It almost seems suspicious. Like you're really pushing an agenda hard here, Hannah. Well, it's it's. I'm trying to remember. There was a way that. Uh... That Jacob worded it in our roundtable, which was like, if you're like nothing, then you can actually be everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like when Hannah, when Hannah like really applies herself of a focus, she's so capable. It's fucking terrifying. And True. that's really like, like present in this episode. But it always drives me nuts too. When somebody's like, well, I need to go do this thing. And someone else is like, okay, but do you want to go do this? And it's like, what is, Emma's like, what the fuck did I just say to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so from that, of course. From that, we cut to the, the powerhouse that is the De Laurentiis house where Ken De Laurentiis is checking his mail, which I could watch a whole show of. He's got his car parked sideways in front of the house. I'm always fascinated when people park differently in Rosewood. I don't know. Do you like kick Jason out? He's just like, fuck this. I'm taking <laughs> out the whole driveway. Fuck you. I, I, I hope you like, find somewhere else to park. <laughs> I don't even pay the property tax here, but still. Yeah. 
Is Kenneth smiling in the scene? No. <laughs> no, he's not. He's I hope my highlights he, came in. Scowling as he checks him out. He's also dressed like a grandpa. He's got this like old man kind of windbreaker jacket on. He, like, uh, is he maybe like older than Jessica? Like, I wonder if there's like an age gap there. Hmm. Hmm. I would love to. Because I mean, he should him. be like forty-five or something, right? Like, like a normal age to be Allie and Jason's he's dad. Forty-five. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. He has gray hair. He looks like he's sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's in good shape for sixty-five, I guess. Um, but there's two things that Ken needs to like beef up his look. One is a Mister Rogers like cardigan. Two, a pipe. God, he's constantly like emptying out and like tapping on things. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of no wonder that Jessica's stepping out with Peter Hastings. Like she married a dude who's like twenty years older than her. I don't think it's just his age. It's the most criminal thing. It's not just his age that would cause me to step out on this guy. The fact that he's never smiled in his life. Exactly. I hope you're not cheating on me. I hope you use a condom. Anyway, he, he gets his mail, scowling. He walks back to his house, scowling. And then he scowls because he sees something uh, duck, tucked under his windshield wiper on his car. He goes and picks it up. It's an envelope. Opens it up. It appears to be a little birthday card, a cheap one. It just says, happy birthday. I mean, this is like the most basic happy birthday card you've ever seen. There's no like no glitter, no no songs play when he opened up. Uh, we don't see what it says on the inside, though. But, of course, he just like frowns even more as he's reading it. And then he starts to look around like he's freaked out. So, so I, I love like the next like thirty seconds. Like so he's looking around like like who could have left this? You know, dramatic music playing just then. Emily's riding her bike up the street, of course. Looking like as clueless as ever. Like her, yeah, like, her like, head is like somewhere else as she's riding. Well, like if she had headphones on, I'm sure walking on sunshine was playing mm-hmm. them or something. She <laughs> rides past Spencer's gate. Ken sees her, approaches her. Hey, did you see who put this on my car? This card? Did you see who put it on the wiper? And Emily's just looking at him like dumbfounded because he's, you know, being rude as shit yeah. to her. And he's like, have you seen anybody outside my house in the last hour or so? Yes or no? And she's like, uh, no. He's like, do you know anything at all? Are you useful even a little bit? And she's like, uh, no. English, God motherfucker. Do you speak it? <laughs> Um, I, if I was the maestro, I would have been like, you know what, guys, I really need another take of this. No, I, I need another take after that, too. I just want to keep the scene going. Forever. I would have just had Emily not say anything. I would have just had this guy keep going and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen anybody outside of my house? Yes or no? Answer me. Wouldn't God it damn be, it. What is wrong with you? Well, wouldn't it be great ah, if the maestro like, took Shay Mitchell aside and he was just like, I don't want you to ever say that line. <laughs> just keep, keep, just, keep just him going. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> this take is just for me. <laughs> yeah, so he eventually just stalks off, and Emily's just like, no, oh, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. So we saw Mona put a card in a mailbox for Allie the night before. Right. Um. So it maybe, and he's he's asking like, uh, you know, do you see anyone in the last hour? Which I feel like we could assume like he he came up and parked there since Mona since, was there. Yeah. His, his car wasn't parked sideways next to the so mailbox. So probably I mean maybe Mona came back later to like stash it on the car, I don't know, but it, it seems like that's probably not a Mona move right. some, from someone else. Charles, I think probably. Mona could put together a better fucking card. Yeah, hers would have uh like some noise. I mean, if nothing else, she could break into the uh, abandoned Jessica De Laurentiis Etsy store in the wine closet there. Mm-hmm. And really just pizzazz something up. Uh, so after the credits, 
we're in that little cubby in this photo center at Hollis. We see Arya replacing Clark's photos. Off screen, we hear Clark just walked in. He's like, morning. Arya turns, super super nervous as usual. Yeah, basically caught in the act. She's yeah. just putting his negatives back. This is how Arya spends half of her life. Mm-hmm. Caught in the act, but her other mode is oblivious. Yeah, she's like, hey, um, I, I was just, and he's like looking for something. And he like walks over to his cubby and pulls out the negatives. He's like, ah, I was hoping there was a bagel and cream cheese in there. And she's like, listen, here's the thing. And he says, I- I'm I'm not mad. If you were that uncomfortable with me taking photos of you, you could have just said so. You didn't have to go all klepto. Uh, and this is fun because Arya's like, she's being given like an easy out here. Mm. But it's like she has to ponder for a second. But then she eventually just like she smiles and takes the negatives. It's like I she's going to go with it. I wonder the turn of the camera and be like, well, that was a freebie. Wink. Well, I feel like there's probably a part of her that like doesn't want to give this guy the impression that she's that uncomfortable around him but it i think is, that ship has sailed but it, yeah it's, it's kind of a win-win ultimately like it's like yeah that may not be quite how she wants to deal with clark but it's not the worst way she could deal with him yeah get him to back off a little and you get the negatives mm-hmm. and he's like so what's next for the morning bandit want to grab that bagel for real and she's kind of s- smiles and frowns at the same time she's like i can't um but i i, I will owe you one okay and it's like she she's wincing a little, but I think she's she's learning how to handle dudes like this now. You know, like she doesn't need to be that nice to them. I like how you how you worded it. Arya is somehow capable of like Schrodinger's like smirk. Mm-hmm. Half the time she's smiling, half the time she's frowning. Usually it's both at the exact same time. Her mouth is like a blurry line. <laughs> the girl of a thousand facial expressions. She's so unexpected. Mm-hmm. So she takes off to let Clark deal with like his second rejection from her in what two days? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I really don't want to get coffee with you, or dinner, or a donut, or a bagel, or any other like food snack item you can think of. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she to me, if you think about how we haven't just seen Arya's perspective, if you try to think about Clark's perspective, she seems like the most nervous, jittery girl ever. It would make a with, little bit of sense, though, with right? With reason, with reason, yeah. 100%, but still. Yeah, so we go to Hannah's house. She's in her kitchen. She's on the phone. She says, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a nice day. And she hangs up, and we see she's at her laptop there. On the laptop screen, we see a profile page up for Harwich University. Mm-hmm. It's like like fake Harvard or something. Uh, uh, I believe one of our listeners said, is that like the the Harvard Sandwich School? Yeah. There are a lot of, like, different universities, like, right around Rosewood, apparently. Yeah. I mean, because they they just keep coming up with, like, new universities. It's not like it's always Hollis. Well, and, you know, remember back when you thought there's a time in the show where you're like, oh, yeah, season six, they're all going to be going to Hollis. So they'll Mm -hmm. all be going to whatever the one is where Hannah tried to bury the gun. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Cicero. Cicero, that's right. Was that it? I think so. Yeah, so we see Leslie Stone's profiles up. Uh, they spell her name wrong. They spell it with it, two E's. Um, but her email gets it right. Yeah. At Ertweb. Ertweb. And then we see Hannah's texting Emily. She says, Leslie's a TA in her college science department. She works in a lab. And so as she's texting away, we hear the door doorbell rings. Hannah does not answer. Uh, eventually, we hear somebody else answer. It's, it's Ashley. And she says, hey, Caleb. And he says, hey, hope it's not too early. And Ashley says, oh, no, not at all. This is interesting that Hannah didn't even bother getting up. She just kind of looks over like a little bit annoyed when she hears Caleb, but Mm -hmm. she's just busy doing her own shit. So what is the ruling? Is it Ashlib 
or Cashley? I think you got to go with Cashley. I mean, if you you know remember the lasagna boxes and whatnot, uh-huh, uh-huh. then Cashley, that's where you got to go with that. Two points. I They've believe, got lasagna boxes of love. I believe Norbuck's already said Cashley on his Twitter, but I just noticed in my notes that I accidentally typed cashless. Cashless? Which makes me think, what is Ashley doing for money right now? Lasagna. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she leads him in the kitchen as he comes in. Yeah, Anna, what like, is she doing? Because she, she quit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. So uh, he comes in as Hannah like closes her laptop. He's got this kind of dorky grin on his face as he moves towards his girlfriend. He's also mm-hmm. wearing a coat that I would think would be way too fucking hot in this May is and like or this June. It's like this huge, like heavy, olive drab jacket. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be late May. I get hot just looking at it. I mean, not yeah. like that, but maybe a little. So he comes uh, in for the kiss, and he's like, hey. And the last second, she turns her head to the side. So he kisses the side of her head. She, he plays it off, seeing something, and he's just like, what? What is that lump back there? And she's dismissive. And she's like, I don't know. Lint? I just woke up. And just kind of like brushing his hand away. Yeah. Yeah. And as she's like, Caleb, how would you like your eggs? Fertilized. <laughs> and it's like, uh, Mom, I can't eat breakfast. I have to go meet Spencer. So she's already getting out to leave. And he's just, he's like, um, can I give you a lift? And she's like, no, I'm good. It's just ice cold between these two right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and she's like, wait, where are you girls going? And it's like, Spencer has an appointment in Philly. We're using the buddy system just like you asked. And she's like, well, that sounds like bullshit, but okay. And Hannah turns to kid and says, I'll call you later. So she walks away. And we're well, left you can tell, like, like Ashley, it's like she's decided to say nothing there. Like, yeah. it's not like she totally bought that. But I, I kind of wonder, like, can she still tell if Hannah's lying or is she just choosing not to say anything because she's like walking on eggshells around her right now? Oh, I think she's she's definitely aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just has to read Caleb's face to know that Hannah's lying right yeah. now. Um, and as we've learned from like uh, episodes two and three, like Ashley's very like tuned in to Caleb's expressions right now. Mm-hmm. Ashley. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Hannah says. To oh, wait, so didn't know. the one girl tweeted us when we did the thing like uh, like delete this before I vomit? <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> oh sorry. it's happening sorry getting behind it yeah we had two weeks off it was like i feel like we last talked about pll like months ago yeah so a lot and a lot of stuff happened we were in all intro. like in a, an emotional voided dollhouse of our own mm-hmm. so yeah hannah will call caleb later by which i think she means i won't call you later yeah uh, and then she takes off and Caleb is just kind of, he's a little bit flustered. He's just bummed. You know, he's stewing there and Ashley's just sighing. Mm-hmm. And they go upstairs and bang. And uh, then we cut to Emily's room. Emily just got a text from Hannah that says, how do we get into a college lab? <laughs> and then Shower Harvey comes out of the bathroom. She's, she's wearing, holding, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, she's wearing Emily's uh, shark's hoodie. Her black shark's hoodie. And nothing else on top. Yeah. yeah. She's holding two possible shirts in either hand. Hey, Em, which one should I wear to Caleb's office? <laughs> yeah, one of them's a white blouse. One of them's like kind of salmon pattern. And Emily says, um, your office is where Caleb plays Grand Theft Auto in his boxers. Which is kind of shitty. It's true. What, I, I Grand Theft Auto? It no, is. no, I get that she's saying, like, don't worry, Sarah. Like, it's not that big of a deal. You don't have to get too formal. But it's also like, let the girl... Put some circle, yeah, some, uh, some ceremony into it. Yeah, she's, she's never had a job before. She just escaped. Kind of dumping the on worst her trauma ever. Yeah. Her job, although this is like a completely bullshit job, though. I mean, they're uh, designing website pages. Why doesn't Ezra hire her? 
That's what I'm saying. Mm. Also, the last Grand Theft Auto kind of sucked. Anyway, what does Sarah say? I just don't want to screw up on my first day. I know everybody hates Sarah Harvey, but I I swear I can't get enough of her. She's so squirrely and weird, and it's like, it's she's so painfully naive about all the shit that's going on around her. Well, I think, here's the thing about Sarah. Like, yeah, at times she is either shady as fuck, mm-hmm. or there's like a, a, a little bit of old school, like Sansa, that really would drive you nuts. <laughs> but I feel like, given her circumstances, wouldn't that be exactly who she is? You would think, yeah. You know, like this—that's that's how she would act, and so I, I, I really don't want her. I mean, my 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 new theory, if she is evil, is that she's not A, but she was like released with like orders from A, or, or it's like Stockholm syndrome, basically. Yeah, or mess her up or something if she doesn't deliver certain results. But like, I really just want her to be a normal girl who's like trying to figure out her own head right now. And unfortunately, here's Aunt Emily, sort of, kind of preying on her. I don't know, preying would be the right word. Kind of neediness. Yeah. Um, Emily, so yeah, Emily yeah. says, you know, everybody screws up on their first day. That's what makes it a first day. So it's was like, every day I, at the brew her first day. Yeah, that's not true, Emily. Actually, uh, most people don't fuck up on their first day, and they probably didn't leave their shift after ten minutes. <laughs> Go do shady liar shit. Uh, Sarah's smiling. She hangs up the two blouses, and then she just turns around and takes off that hoodie. Nothing but a bra underneath. Mm-hmm. And Emily's eyes just like bug out because like Sarah's half naked in front of her now. Um, like biting her fist okay i like this scene it, it's like this is like a like a teen rom-com or something you know or it's like emily doesn't know how to react around like you know like hot naked chick well i feel like the more acceptable version for most of america uh would have been like this was like fucking like jason biggs or something you know oh, what i mean yeah. and that's why i like that like of course emily would be in this situation she obviously has the hots for sarah mm-hmm. yeah and so uh we see that that tippy tattoo is still on the back there sarah's Smiling back at Emily, and she says, "Do you still like?" Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you still like it, or did I make a mistake? Subtext. And Emily's like, "No, no, no, no. That looks great. Yeah." Her face is basically like dead ass. Yeah. Uh, and then like, there's a song playing here. It's I think it's called "Hypnotic" by Zella Day, kind of get, getting us in the mood song. And she says, "I'm the one who's gonna have to wear long johns in August, and no one sees my courage." Hello. And Sarah's smiling. She's she's trying, but not trying too hard to put some ointment on her tattoo there, her mm-hmm. tip of the bird tattoo. And Emily's just like, um, do you want me to help you with that? And Sarah's like, yeah. Uh, so she hands uh, her the tube of ointment. I mean, this is what it, Sarah was angling for, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, oh, it's so hard. I hope you notice how hard it is for me to put this ointment on. Yeah, Emily. Emily's a little hot and bothered, and she helps put the goop on Sarah's skin. Um, finally, she has to kind of like stop and like walk away, and she hands her uh, like fan herself off. Yeah, yeah, a red and black plaid number. Hands that to Sarah and says, "Here, you should wear this one." And Sarah takes it. Thanks. Good luck. And Emily goes to her like out of the room to take a cold shower. Yeah. She basically hands her like the rosewood lesbian uniform here, like but, red like, flannel t-shirt. Yeah, but also, like, because it's also Rosewood, it's Pretty Little Liars, it has to be red and black. It has mm-hmm. to be any colors, just oh, in case. It's a good point. I didn't catch that. Um, but yeah, so Emily's just like, I'll be in my bunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always hold, you know, em- or uh, not Emily, uh, Sarah's expressions just long enough to make you wonder, like, like, is she just totally shady? Like, what, you know, is she nervous? They're really doing a good job of, like, making you not trust this girl. Yeah. So that you know they if they want they can make her shady or if they want they can just be like hey she's just like a normal traumatized person what's wrong with you yeah i'm i'm really curious like 
how, if at all, like characters like Sarah or Lorenzo will play into mm-hmm. the end of the uh, when the hashtag Summer Adventures becomes hashtag Face to Face, and then like how, if all, will these characters like spill into like the time jump? Yeah. So then we uh, cut to Spencer's house. She's hurrying down the stairs. Uh, she's got a backpack on that we're going to see a lot of in this episode. It's like a tan leather backpack. Mm-hmm. F- fairly small. Uh, and she hears a knock at the door. It's Dean, the fucking sober coach. And she turns and like gives smiles. Her thumbs up. Yeah, she smiles when she sees him. And he gives her this like dorky thumbs up. She comes over, opens the door. They say, hey. And Spencer's like, I did we? And he's like, oh, no, I, I was just in the hood. I wanted to drop something off. And I wanted to drop off the flimsiest excuse to stop by ever. Yeah. He's holding up some like old raggedy ass book. Like he's Ezra. Uh, yeah. And Spencer's like, oh. And he's like, can I come in? This is Rosewood, dude. You don't ask. You just walk right in. Uh, Spencer's like, yeah, sure. Come in. So she lets him in. And he's holding up the book. And she's like, what's that? And he says, my sponsor gave it to me years ago. Ugh, boner killer. And he says, all right, the guy who wrote it went through some heavy stuff. All right, if you hate it, it might put you to sleep. God, what an awful present to get. Like, uh, like here's a self-help book. Uh, and so she kind of forces a chuckle and pretends to look through the book. And he's just like, have you? She's like, what? And he's like, been sleeping without help. And she says, uh, no, not really. Uh, my friend is waiting for me in Philly. So, you know, seriously, it's Brickstein. And he's like, oh, right. Uh, and she says, sorry. And he's like, there's one more thing. Uh, this way you don't have to wrestle anyone to the ground for the last brownie. And he holds up a box of, like, store-bought brownies here, which, I mean, really, you could have at least, like, pretended to, like, have made these your own, like Spencer would, by putting them on a little plate or something, oh, you know? matter of etiquette. Always yeah. lead with the brownies. I guess. I brought you a shitty book, but I also bought brownies. Like, I mean, I'm not don't sure. Don't the lead. But then you're just, like, disappointing on the finish, though. I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind He's of person you are. Male. Do you want the good news or the bad news first, you know? <laughs> At least you have the brownies to eat during the bad news. I'm just saying that Spencer would have taken those brownies out of the box, put them on a plate, put some saran wrap over them, and pretended to have made them. While I don't totally dislike Dean, the good news would be him leaving. <laughs> so anyway, Spencer's like, oh my god, thank you. Uh, she's laughing, her phone beeps. She's like, oh, sorry. She checks it, and Dean's just going to butt in, and she's like, what's wrong? And she's like, my sister in London is texting me. My mother's enlisting allies in the war over commencement. Just a reminder that Melissa exists there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you thinking of skipping it? And Spencer says, no, it's it's not about going. It's about speaking. My principal asked me to stand up in front of the entire school and be the poster girl for trauma. I'm just really not into it. And he says, why are you so sure? And Spencer says, well, why else would he ask me to be valedictorian? I mean, I have incompletes in every subject except for lunch. And everybody expects me to stand up and give some really moving speech about being a survivor. And I'm not ready to talk about it as if it's over when it's not over. She's getting a little emotional. Um, I like how they're acknowledging that these girls are never in class. Yeah. Like, of of course, they'd have incompletes and everything. Mm -hmm. And Dean is just like, so don't do it. Real talk, Dean. Thanks for giving her permission, Dean. Yeah, really. She's like, what? And he's like, just say no. Just say no. That was when I threw up. (laughs) And then he's like, considering everything you've been through, I think walking across that stage and accepting a diploma is a pretty impressive accomplishment. It's like, oh, thanks, Dean. I didn't need your validation now. (laughs) His advice is just like, you're Spencer. Lower your expectations Mm -hmm. of yourself. Yeah. Then her phone rings and he's like, did your mom recruit another relative? 
And Spencer's like, no, but it's Hannah. I really have to go. Uh, but I'll see you at the meeting later. And so she's, it's funny that like, even though she says that, she's kind of like smiling and laughing as she checks her phone. Like, I feel like Hannah probably just like texted her something hilarious. Mm. I wish I could see that text. I bet Hannah is fucking fantastic with the emojis. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so Dean's just like, you bet. And she's like, okay, thank you for those. And he's like, I'll see you. So she gets rid of him. Get lost. God, uh, I'm not a fan of Dean. I mean, we'll we'll see why later, but I never really liked this guy to begin with. I don't, like, uh, hate the guy in general. I'm disliking him more and more. But the thing about Troyan is that, you know, she has chemistry with everyone. She has chemistry with the brownies. She has chemistry with the shitty book he handed her. Would you uh, really want a relationship built around, like, like addicts? Totally unhealthy. Shit, totally unhealthy. though, you know? Yeah. Like, just, like, on a show constantly about talking about, like, working the program. and ugh. On the show about unhealthy relationships, that is one of the unhealthiest. But then again, like, Troy and Belsari has more chemistry with the sun than any of us will ever see, like, in a textbook. Um, so in Philadelphia on the street, Hannah's hiding behind a car in front of a Froyo place. I believe that I read somewhere online that you could possibly see, like, a person in a black hoodie in the background of this scene. Uh, let me correct you on that, because I, I zoomed in and enhanced. It's actually just a person in, a like, a black sweater with long black hair. Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's talking on her phone, and she's like, where are you? We don't get to see Spencer. She says, I'm on the road on the phone. I got held up. We see that Hannah is spying on Leslie's like body double. <laughs> yeah, Leslie Stone's body double. I like how Hannah's like ducking behind cars and shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Leslie's across the street. Her, her car's getting valeted uh, at the Onamazu Sushi place. Uh, Hannah says, well, she just raced in her faculty lunch late. I mean, where was she? Stuck at that junkyard? Wait, why were you held up? And Spencer's like, well, Dean stopped by with a gift. And Hannah's like, Dean? Drug-free Dean? Why was he giving you gifts? And Spencer's like, because we're friends. Hannah's like, wow. Toby better hurry back to Rosewood. Sing. Like, <laughs> Hannah like, and Spencer are just like, uh, there's so much sass from Hannah. Like, it's a great pair, I think, because Hannah, she knows she can totally, like, cut loose with Spencer. And Spencer's not really going to take it personally, you know? Well, because, but Spencer, but Hannah's unleashed, though, compared to Hannah of a few seasons ago. Well, she is, but I think it, her pairing with Spencer really works because Spencer is such a kind of a, what would be the word for her? Like, Spencer's not going to take offense to, like, all of Hannah's quirks. She's just going to find them amusing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she can she can handle somebody just, like, spewing like, like Hannah would, you know? She's not going to, like, get mad. Like, somebody like Emily or Arya is a little more sensitive. I feel like, and I believe that, that Troy actually said this in our in our talk with her, but I believe... Spencer probably, like of all the liars, you know, even though Emily is her other imagined self, mm-hmm. I kind of think Spencer would wish that she was Hannah in a way. <laughs> There's a freedom that comes of Hannah in so yeah. many ways that that Spencer probably envies the fuck out of. That's why it's so fun to see Ari and Emily together because they really get worked up over more like relationshipy things, and yeah. they really spin each other into like a bizarre madness. Uh, yeah, well, these um, two are just True Detective season three. Exactly. Uh, Spencer's just like, "Will you stop? What, what are we doing when I get there?" And Hannah's like, "Stop asking questions. Just drive faster. Hurry up!" And she hangs up. And out. Yeah. What is Toby doing out of town? That is a good question. Other like, than sexting, visiting his dad. I don't know. Like, we what haven't seen his house in a while. Did that get rebuilt? Or they yeah, I was wondering about that family stuff in this episode. Like, is he doing cop shit? Maybe he's part of the uh, Fresh Perspective program for some other police precinct. I don't know. 
Harrisburg was like, can we give this perspective back? Also, did the cops just give up on following the liars around? Yeah, really. Well, it's like they were only ever watching their homes. Mm-hmm. The girls were trotting around all over the fucking state. And it's like they're only watching their homes. And they gave up on that after like, what, three days or something? <laughs> they're just like, yeah, fuck it. They seem fine. These girls are maniacs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so then uh, a wonderful scene here. We have office. Caleb's office, a.k.a. Ezra's old apartment. He's teaching Sarah Harvey how to be a hacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's looking on, like trying to be attentive as they sit you well, know, like next they, to his computer. They move the desk a little bit so that the bed is like definitely right there in the background. Just to yeah. remind you that this is like his apartment. Hmm. And so, uh, oh, I guess you have to be Sarah in this scene, right? Oh, no, I have to unless, do, do, unless you want to do them both. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is going to be my finest or my worst hour. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, "Okay, so the first thing you're going to learn to build is a CMS interface." And she's like, uh, "It's like I promise, it's not as complicated as it sounds." It definitely is, actually. Like you're not going to like somebody who doesn't know anything about computers teaching them to build a CMS from scratch. Like that's ridiculous. Even if you had a ton of programming experience, it's completely ridiculous. Squarespace. Exactly. These days, everyone wants a responsive design. They just adjust all the different screens. So the photo of Kimye will look good the same on your phone, your smart pad and your computer. What's Kimye? Tell me more about these smart pads, Caleb. It's Kanye uh, and Kim. And she's just, he says it like, like, duh. And she is like blank slate stare. And he's like, yeah, right. You wouldn't, uh, you've been, you know what, actually, you don't even need to know. No one does. Hey. So, so true, Caleb. So true. I'm sorry. That, that whole Kimye thing, that was just a joke. Caleb, you went the full Ezra right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, Kimye? <laughs> I've got a lot of catching up to do. It's exhausting being on the outside all the time. Yeah. Well, at least you, uh, you have the other girls to connect with. What do you know about Allison De Laurentiis? I wouldn't ask, but when you're forced to answer someone else's name and wear their clothes, you become curious about her. Hey, let me let me just sidebar on Sarah for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like everybody seems to hate her; they think she's a huge joke. Um, I think she's hilarious, even though it's like this is actually a, a serious representation of like an abused and traumatized person. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like maybe we all just laugh at her because like it would be too depressing to take her seriously. Yeah. I really wonder what the writers think of the way the fandom seems to be reacting to her. Because I don't think they predicted, like, hashtag Shower Harvey. Right. I mean, if they did, that that's very prescient on their part. Well, I, you know, for all of our joking about various things, the they don't ever do, like, the victory lap on the memes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because that's not, I don't think they're either planning for it, and it's not what the show's about. You're not playing to the jokes. Because then the yeah. show becomes a joke. Yeah, true. You know yeah, I mean? that that would that would be bad if they like steered into it. Every time, every time a character says it's complicated, mm-hmm. I believe that line. It works. I don't think they're just like winking at us constantly because they'd be half blind <laughs> from all that winking. Well, you know, sad Caleb here. Like we, we were talking about uh, Sarah Harvey, but now we're, we're talking about him. Like he has no no Toby to bro down with right now. He's on the outside. He's cut off from Hannah. Is he even cut off from Toby? I wonder. Well, he's Toby's out of town. Also, I mean, I really, obviously, he's stuck with Shower Harvey here trying to teach her how to use a mouse. The new Hardy Bros. I want a scene where Caleb's just like chilling on the bed, maybe reading a book. I don't know what kind of books Caleb reads. Probably some something, probably some like uh, like Robert Plant biography or something. Uh, are you playing <laughs> seriously? Like, or That's Grand what Death you Auto? think Caleb reads. 
I feel like Caleb's probably Robert reading. Plant biography. Caleb's probably reading Neil Stevenson. You're right. Uh, and then like he gets the text from Toby. He's like, oh, my bro Toby's texting me, and like it's actually like the text that he meant to send Spencer. Ooh. Caleb's like, bro, don't text me anymore. That could go in a lot of interesting directions. Uh, so yeah, Sarah wants to know about Allison Durantis, and she's like, why haven't you talked to Emily? Whoa. That's full Batman. Mm. I, I have zero Batman or full Batman. I have no in between. Swear to me. <laughs> Why haven't you talked to Emily? And Sarah says. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to remember the line from that fucking Batman versus Superman trailer. Do you bleed that one? No, no. I was going to have Sarah be like, that's how it starts. The rage. Oh my god, that movie looks so bad. Uh, I've tried. Every time I bring her up, Emily shuts down. Do you think Allison knows who did this to us? And, well, if she does, that person's not long for this world. Look, I'm sorry. I wish I had more answers for you, but truth is, I'm on the outside looking in, too. I hate it. Excellent. This scene made me wish that Caleb bleaches hair, too. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Whoa, I don't, man, that would, I don't know if I could handle that. Like, also, just like Emily comes in and they, like, they both have bleach hair now. She's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> jumps out a window. I really wonder will the time jump work in Keegan Allen's brand new like hand tattoo. Does he have a hand tattoo? I saw that like on Instagram as I was flipping through the other day. Was that when he was like periscoping his hand because he couldn't figure out how to work it? <laughs> It was like somebody dared him to do something that, that scared him or he had never done before. So he went and got like a hand you tattoo. Caleb has this like bizarre like hand statue behind his bed. He's got the yeah. weirdest shit in his room. What if like Keegan Allen got like, uh, you know, when you do that thing of like your uh, your thumb on the side of your hand. Like what if he got like a little face tattooed right there and it just talks to him? Maybe it does. Red Rom. Yeah, so we're going to cut away. I mean, I, obviously we wish this scene went on for another 10 minutes, but we're going to cut away back to uh, Philly here. Uh, Hannah, like, she she does a nice move. The valet's back is turned. She rushes over to the door when he doesn't see her and like, and then just pretends to be walking out of the sushi place. She's got some sweet Veronica Mars moves. Some clever girl. Um, oh, is it time for me to tell my horrible valet joke? Do you have a horrible valet joke? You've heard my valet joke. Refresh my memory. Being a valet is kind of like being a gynecologist. No? Keep digging. <laughs> After all, they all look the same, but every once in a while, a really hot one comes along. you got to take it out for a spin. But um, that's right. told to me by a valet. <laughs> he had to tell everyone that. <laughs> He's like, today's my last day. I'm telling everyone this joke. Uh, so the, the valet, first of all, dude, a lot of sushi places have valet. Is this well, this is supposed to be that? like Philly. I mean, it's like you know, nice lunch place. Um, just a just a side note: the actor who plays this guy is Carlos E. Campos. He is credited on IMDb as Harried Valet, which I thought was funny. Mm. Um, he's possibly Hanned Valet. Yeah, Hanned Valet. He's like probably the Valet bro, at least suited to being a Valet bro. But he's trying his best here. Uh, Hannah sneaks past him. You know, comes up to him. What are the requirements of a Valet bro? You just I guess park the driver's the car. License. Yeah, <laughs> like not handing the keys over to a hot chick. And Anna plays plays this role perfectly. She's like, hi there. I'm so embarrassed. I thought I put my ticket in my bag, but I can't find it. And now I think I may have used it to throw away my, my gum. 
So he's kind of like, uh, okay, hot girl. And he opens up think, the little box of keys. Do you think Mona taught her this this move here? I feel like she's channeling a little bit of Mona. Mm-hmm. I mean, she saw how well Mona could put, put on these like masks and rolls. Uh, so he kind of like waves, like, here's all the keys. Um, which one is yours? And so he has to act fast. And she's like, oh, God, this is so weird. Um, I just got it back from the dealership and they changed the keychain. But it's like a dark green Range Rover, tan interior. And he's just like. I need the ticket, miss. Have you checked your pockets? And she's ready to play that card. She's like, mm-hmm. well, I thought I checked everything. She kind of like mocks. This, this is what she learned from Ashley Marin right here. Yeah, she she checks the back pockets, pats her boobs, moves her shirt aside, exposed. Like, obviously, exposed well, like, her bra strap. Like checking, you know, like for like a ticket inside her bra or something. Yeah, making sure she he sees the bra strap. Uh, and he's, this dude's getting a little flustered now. He's just like, well, maybe you left it on the table. And she's like, oh, come on. You know the car. It has like this like Harwick bumper sticker on the back. Really nice smell inside. Like cinnamon toast. Seriously? You honestly don't remember me? Oh, God, that really hurts. I mean, fine. I'll just walk back to New Jersey. And, and she, then she like, like pretends to walk away. Like, yeah, yeah she's actually going to walk to Jersey. But obviously, uh, you know, the spell she just cast there, right? Flashing some bra strap. It worked. Yeah. The Valley Saucer. He's like, Miss, I I think I know the car. So she smiles and walks back and pulls out a key ring and holds it up. Uh, apparently, the, the hashtag for this was Grand Theft Hannah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would play that game. Yeah, Hannah's like, ah, that's it. Thank God one of us has a brain. So she smiles and he runs off to get her car. And she just kind of watches him go like all too easy. <laughs> I really like, I wanted the Valley bro to be like, like after she leaves, he's just like, I know it wasn't really her car. I just didn't care for the redheaded girl with the resting bitch face who parked <laughs> it originally. Yeah. And Hannah, uh, her phone rings. So she, she pulls out, pulls it out while this dude's off getting the car. She says, what's your ETA? And Spencer says, I'm almost there. And says, okay, well, there's an alley right where you turn on front, when you turn right on front street. Meet me there. And Spencer says, are you stealing her car? And Hannah says, no, I am borrowing it. Don't get all preachy with me, puffing stuff. I got to go. So she hangs up as the valet brings the car around. She gets in with like a sigh and she holds out a 20 for him. She's like, you saved my life. And then she kind of mouths like, love you. Uh, yeah. And then this guy runs to the bathroom to jerk off. Well, this guy's world was changed for the better and worse forever. Well, and then he gets this look on his face like, I'm making a huge mistake. Ah, fuck it. He's like, I'm getting fired today, aren't I? Well, what is yeah. Hannah's endgame here? Like, should you just bring the car back later? Like, leave it somewhere? Um... I don't know, but I kind of wish that her end game involved her and Spencer wearing gloves. Um, mm-hmm. But also, well, the, the uh, best thing is that the, she caps it off by like she gets in the car and then screeches away, like yeah. just to like make it extra obvious that this is not her car. She's, like not used to driving it. You well, know? did you notice when when you first saw this guy uh, when he tried to move Leslie's car earlier? Like he tried to pull off and like, yeah, he he almost cut someone off. It was such a weird <laughs> detail. Oh, I love because I mean, they like they. They did that on purpose. Yeah. They're yeah. like, make sure you pull out and then like cut someone off. Well, it's it's a city, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. make sure you have crazy city traffic. They're like, he's not a very good valet. Right. But so like she gets in the car and then thankfully leans out the window. Because at first I was like, Hannah, you have to tip this poor bastard. I know. I, I was really like, I was like, man, is she just going to drive away with no tip for anything? <laughs> Uh, so after the commercial, we're at the brew. Ezra's behind the counter, like stocking boxes of tea or something. Uh, then a oh, cute man. Australian chick walks in. She looks a lot like Vanessa Paradis. Uh, she walks up to the brisa, and I, I don't have an Australian accent. Do you? Uh, no, I. Good day, mate. She's got like a, I mean, it's like a Melbourne accent. Uh, 
as posh as Australian can be, I suppose. And she says, hi, um, does Emily Fields still work here? And, uh, it's not too bad. We got to talk about Ezra's shirt. Yeah. Because, of course, Ezra has to butt into this conversation immediately because he's, he's desperate to, like, be involved in a plot line. He's <laughs> like, I'm hanging on by a thin thread here. They might just fire me. He's like, I really just want to matter mm-hmm. to somebody. Like, oh, sorry. I heard you talking about Emily. No, she she doesn't work here at the moment. Does Emily know that? Like, did he just stop scheduling her and hope she'd figure it out? I feel like Emily still gets paychecks, though. Yeah, so bad. Ezra appears to be wearing, like, one of Arya's blouses. Yeah. This this neckline, it, it I mean, is there's no way this is a man's shirt, right? It's like well, a weird scoop neck thing. Well, then the, the coat he'll put on later, to me, didn't look quite right either. Like I said, it reminded me of the episode of The Office where Michael Scott is wearing the... Uh, the, the woman's blazer. The woman's power suit. Yeah. The whole time doesn't realize it. Well, I, 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 I guess my, my headcanon here is that, like, you remember how, like, Emily wore Paige's shirt for a while? Yeah. Because she missed Paige. Yeah. Like, I think he's wearing one of Arya's blouses. The thing is, when he runs into Arya later, I wanted her to be like, Ezra, isn't that my shirt? You're going to stretch out the neckline. That would have been awesome. Um, so yeah, he's, he's button right in. And, uh, this girl, by the way, her name's Nicole. Uh, so she's like, oh, okay. And she looks a little defeated cause you know, Emily doesn't work there. And he, he's just like, but I'm, I'm Ezra Fitz. I'm the owner. I can pass any along any, and Nicole's like, wait, 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 Ezra, the pedo teacher. Um, by the way, uh, Heather Hogan's recap, like her screen caps for this episode just killed it. Like they were phenomenal. Uh, okay. which is where that joke comes from about the pedo teacher. Like, I, I didn't even bother like doing many screen caps for this episode because uh, hers just basically like crushed all the material. There's nothing left. I took one of his face at the end. Oh yeah, because it's so douchey, but it also it's like he looks like the douche murderer in a horror movie. <laughs> the way the yeah. lighting and everything. And Nicole's just like, right why? Now. Why do I know that name? I feel like Emily had a teacher. And Esther says, "Yes, that would be me." I've had a bit of a career change. And he shakes her hand. She says, I'm Nicole Gordon. And he says, hi. She says, I worked with Emily in Haiti. We did that housing program. And Esther says, oh, yes, that's right. She had an amazing summer with you guys. I know this because I spied on her with high-tech surveillance for months. And she says, yeah, that's what I thought. But then she changed her email and her number and never sent me an update. Do you get the feeling that, like, everybody that was at that Habitat for Humanity in Haiti, like, had a crush on Emily? And like yeah. was constantly like emailing her and she never responded to any of them. I th- I don't know how the well the show is painting Habitat for Humanity to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, Emily's gorgeous. It's not that shocking. But it beyond that though, I mean, like was she also just like the most amazing fucking like uh house builder in impoverished countries i mean I'll, I'll say this i knew nothing about habitat for humanity but i feel like those things have got to be like non-stop orgies right i mean everybody's looking up at those so i briefly worked with a habitat for humanity site um in the south and not at all wow. let's insert joke about the south yeah i'm sad to say um also i get whenever they talk about the transformative experience that emily had that summer doing habitat for humanity she and then came back come, as a drunk. Yeah, came back as a depressive alcoholic <laughs> for uh, like three episodes. Yeah. So anyway, Ezra says, well, I mean, she had to change. She had to you know, change everything after the trial. <clears throat> and Nicole's a little confused. He's like, when is the last time you two spoke? 
And she's like, I've been in India for the past eight months. What trial? And you know Ezra's just overjoyed to start blabbing about like his employee's personal life now. He's just like, oh boy, have a seat. The other employee has Let me gotta get you be, a biscotti. Yeah, it's got to be listening and being like, what the fuck? Shut up. Like, <laughs> this guy can't keep his mouth shut. God, he's and so then they're desperate. just like, oh my god, he knows so much about me. Who has he told it to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we cut to the junkyard. Uh, Emily is texting away as Ari is like ranting and raving about a stalking her. Uh, I think it was Luisa on Twitter pointed out uh, this is a great like theory fodder here. Uh, last episode we had Spencer was texting away, not listening to Hannah. Mm-hmm. And this episode we have Emily texting away, not listening to Arya. Mm-hmm. Hashtag theory. Mm-hmm. Arya says, I mean, someone must have seen something, right? They had to be trailing us the whole time. We weren't the only ones here. And Emily's just like, yeah, not listening. And Arya says, there's a guy that runs this place. But I don't see him. I feel like this is Emily's like move where she's like, every time I'm alone with Arya. Mm-hmm. And she's just, whatever the hell Arya's talking about, maybe I'll just try texting. I really wanted to see Emily just, like, walk into a pole. <laughs> well, let's talk about Arya's outfit for a sec. Oh, my God. It's like a long black jacket, a black shirt that seems to have, like, I don't know, like, volcanic rock party it's, debris. It's kind of like satiny, satiny black yeah. shirt. Yeah. A cheetah print skirt. High-waisted mini skirt. Yeah. And black boots. On the the jacket, the sleeves are like kind of like lacy, mm. like like semi transparent. Like it's, I mean, it's, I'd say a good look. It seems it, it's very Arya ish, but it's not quite as like like kind of like hideously clashing. It's uh... as, as she, like it. It seems like almost put together, like a look. Uh, I feel like maybe this is like a little bit more mature Arya fashion. Uh, since Arya is kind of a fashion iconoclast, I would mm-hmm. I would call it like kind of trashy Arya posh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. I think posh as, is a good word. As of everything, it really needs more feathers, skulls, and lightning bolts. But I feel like uh, she's maybe not clashing her like patterns and styles as much as she used to now. No, I mean she looks. Yeah, she looks. She looks almost uh, like this is an ensemble. It's not like yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's a it's a touch of elegance to it. Mm-hmm. Emily, by the way, has put on like an olive drab, like long sleeve shirt over her like like weird apron leather thing she's wearing. Uh, anyway, Arya says, "Um, M, it's kind of hard to hunt for clothes and pick emojis at the same time." It's, uh, yeah, Emily is like almost like it's like butcher casual. <laughs> yeah, I would really love to see Arya's emoji game. I feel like it's like all those like animal emojis that no one ever uses, and the occasional like weird skull, or like the. I feel like Arya doesn't just do like the uh, the smiley faces or whatever. She does like those cat ones. Oh yeah, she definitely does the cat ones. She probably has a bunch of uh, like tech shortcuts to like the weird like uh, like Japanese Unicode characters. <laughs> probably a lot of that. A lot of a lot of like My Little Brony and shit like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Emily says, sorry, I was just checking Sarah. I wanted to see how her first day was going, her fake job. And Arya's like, hmm, well, you two seem to have gotten pretty close. Arya's like, such an Ezra. Yeah. Emily's like, well, yeah, she's staying with me. And Arya's like, for how long? Emily says, I told you guys, she has a bad home life. And we had all these things to come back to, people who love us. I was just wondering what it would be like for her down there, what she was thinking about in the dark, what got her through it. Emily just starts like fuging out here because uh, she's, you know, pondering the mystery of Sarah Harvey. Yeah. And then Emily, Arya starts hearing like some like shutter sounds. 
And she looks behind Emily and it's, hey, there's Clark. Or he's like, Clark? He's there with his camera just like taking pictures of junk. You know, the thing about Clark is what, the most suspicious quality about him to me is how utterly unsuspicious I find this guy. Yeah, it's like, I don't think he's up to something, but I think it's a good example of how he puts Arya as a character on edge. Yeah. And and like this is how Arya this is how Arya feels about everyone now. Like th- there probably is nothing at all suspicious about this guy, and yet she can't like drop her guard around him. You know, it's like she can't give anyone the benefit of the doubt now. So because because she's like that, we feel like there's you know what's up with Clark. Well, he, he seems also, so strange, and you know it also tells you a lot about like PLL fans whether mm-hmm. how what they're bringing to the show or how they've been conditioned that you can really only see this guy in two ways. He's either a possible like a threat. Or, or the love pos- interest, or a yeah. love interest, like he can't be just a normal dude. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, he's filler. <laughs> uh, so Arya's like Clark, and he turns to sees them, and then he faces them, and he, she's like, "Hi, what, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, just came back to take some pictures. Somebody stole mine this morning." <laughs> and oh, she Emily gives Arya this like, "Oh, you look." Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, Em, this is Clark. I'm talking about Hollis." And they shake hands, and he's like, "Nice to meet you." So what are you doing here? And for one of the first times ever, I feel like Arya actually has a pretty natural sounding lie. And she's like, when I got home, I, I realized I lost my tripod. I think I must have left it here. And he's like, well, let me help you look. And Emily's well, phone goes off. Meanwhile, yeah, Emily's phone is beeping. She just like turns away from this dude to check it. Like Nice and social like, cues there. Oh, no, that's fine. Emily offered to help. So and then Emily turns back and she's like, hey, a friend of mine is looking for me at the brew. And Emily gives her this or Ari gives her this look. And then she's looking at Clark. Like you can tell she knows Emily's about to ditch her. And she yeah. does not want this to happen. Yeah. Or he's like, what friend? And Emily's just like, Nicole, for my habitat trip. And just this like this great glance where Arya she barely looks at Clark before looking at Emily. You know, it's just like, way to leave me hanging. Way to leave me hanging out to dry, Emily. Uh, yeah. And Emily doesn't well, realize it at all. She's not up on Arya's vibes, too. Mm-hmm. So Arya, like, she tries to reassert it. We're like, okay, well, do we need to leave right now? And Clark steps in. If, if you want to stay and look around, I can drive you home. And Arya puts on this, like, fake happy reaction like, so quickly. Great. She's like, how, how can I say no? And then I want her to turn to Emily and be like, you bitch. Well, it's, it's, it's not great. But, like, Arya can't think of any other excuse right now. And she doesn't want to be rude. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's like Arya, I feel like she's becoming self-aware at an exponential rate here. She's like Skynet. Like she suddenly realizes how she is perceived by other people in a way that I don't think she used to. Does that mean that some kind of judgment day is coming? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how she like she's looking at Emily and Emily just kind of like forces this smile. It's like in your fucking face, Arya. <laughs> like some wingman you are, Emily. <laughs> I wonder like. Like, is Arya just going to be a shut-in after the time jump? Like, just peeing in jars? Or just, like, just like a loner who takes photos? That'd be interesting. Uh, so, meanwhile, in an alleyway in Philadelphia with a stolen car. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to do some Hastings Dinner Theater for this? Uh, Yeah, I think I've got it all. Who do you want to be? I'll let you choose. Up to you. Dealer's choice. My heart. Whatever. I'll be Hannah. Okay. Uh, so the rifle into the car. Spencer's like the front passenger side. Hannah's like the back uh, seat in the driver's side. What kind of lab do you say Leslie worked at? I don't know. It was at a college. Why? Well, maybe this key card could help us get in there. How fast do you think Caleb can make a copy? Spencer has a key card there. 
Uh, and Hannah says, I have no idea. God, this girl's such a slob. And then Hannah picks up a hairbrush and smells it and then recoils. And she's like, ugh, she has this hairbrush back here that smells like a cat box. Well, what's Caleb doing right now? Why do you keep asking me about Caleb? Why do your shoulders go up every time I say his name? Are you guys still... No, we're nothing, okay? Hannah, don't lock Caleb out. Believe me, I can't. My mom keeps letting him in. I mean, they eat meals together now because I won't let him cut my meat. And then Hannah picks up some wire cutters and she says, What is she using these this for? Those are wire cutters. Why does she need to cut wires? Why does Caleb want to cut your meat? Because I th he thinks I'm weak and I'm not. And then uh, Hannah opens up a shoebox full of black hipster glasses like Leslie wears, like, you know, like a dozen of them. Well, the best part, too, is that they're right next to the shoes that Leslie first wore, uh, like to the brew last season, her first appearance. Mm. And Hannah says, oh, my God, she has like 10 pairs of these grandma glasses in here. OK, look, I'm going to text Caleb. No, don't. Uh, we need his help to, to help to copy this. I'm not going to tell him why. So. As Spencer texts, Hannah, she st just starts trying these glasses on. Uh, it's a good look, too. It's like smart Hannah. She looks really good. She looks a little very chic. Mm -hmm. And Hannah's kind of, she's adjusting the glasses. She's holding out her hand in front of her face, like staring in amazement. She says, oh, my God, I can see better with these. I needed glasses this whole time, and I never knew it. Let me see. She hands Spencer the glasses. Spencer tries them on. Takes them off. Give me another pair. And Spencer tries them on upside down while giving the finger to Hannah. There's no prescription in these. What? They're clear. They're fake. She has multiple pairs of fake glasses. God, this girl is fooling everyone. So they put the glasses back and they go around to the back and like open up the hatchback. And there's like a rug on top of some stuff. They pull the rug aside and we see a bunch of boxes for extra large animal cages. Oh, my God. What? What's inside the boxes? They're unassembled cages. Cages? For what? They're not for gerbils, Hannah. There's four of them. And each one is big enough for... What? For us. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, shit. Yeah, sure, Spencer. You're the queen of jumping to conclusions here. Of course they're for you. Uh, so alternate theory here. Mm -hmm. Leslie has a hairbrush that smells like animals. Mm -hmm. She has wire cutters. She mm -hmm. has animal cages. I think this is pretty obvious. She works at a lab. It yeah. seems like she's planning to, like, free some animals and, like, take them home and set them free or something like that. Or just love them and name them after different parts of her own yeah. dementia. But, yeah, I, I think she's going to abscond with some animals for sure. Yeah, that, that was immediately what I thought with, I mean, like, the wire cutters, the cages. I, I feel like she's about to go crazy at, at her, her job at the lab. I mean, you, you can't trust a girl with fake glasses, right? Uh, first of all, I love Leslie's hipster affectation of the fake glasses. I love that they both try on the glasses. I feel like there's potential metaphors you could read into that too. I really also, need to see. I need to see Leslie's like her like crazy side, like you know, like without the glasses. It's like you know, because she's always like very very put together with like the you know the you know nice straight hair, glasses like prim and proper. I need to see like crazy like goth out Leslie. That would be that would be interesting. She'd be like an antimatter Arya. Um, mm -hmm. But I love, <laughs> I love what it says about Hannah in this episode where Hannah can be so assertive, and we really talk about like the mysterious nature of Hannah's psyche and why she doesn't think she does. I love that she's the kind of person who puts on the glasses and thinks that she can see better with them now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's like just it's like you had it in you all along, Hannah. 
Yeah. He just, you know, he needed that feather. Uh, so, uh, straight Clark, up making Dumbo references here. Clark and Ari are like walking around the junkyard. And he's like, so have you understood those negatives yet? And she's like, not yet. Well, they're, they're walking around for her lost tripod that doesn't exist. Yeah. And he's just keeps trying to make some conversation. He's like, I mean, I'd understand if you did. You must feel like you're under a microscope. Police watching you, parents watching you. And she's like, well, yeah, hopefully that'll all stop soon. She's like, I love being reminded about it, too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, wait, what? What do you mean? Have they actually caught the guy? And she's like, oh, no, not yet. But they're getting pretty close. He's like, how do you know? And she's like, hmm? Well, it's just like like this kind of like creepy vibe, you know? Yeah. And he's like, sorry, I don't mean to pry. And she's just like, Canada. She's like, you know what? Maybe we should go. Mm-hmm. And he looks around. He's like, hey, hold on. This this is where we were the other day. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check over there. You check back there. And she's like, okay. So we get a nice shot of like Ari like walk to the junkyard like as seen through a funhouse mirror. I like I like the junkyard in the sense that it reminds me of like the same kind of tattered remains of Charles' like soul room. Yeah, it does have that kind heads. of old quality to it. Like yeah, kitschy falling apart you know, remnants mm-hmm. of, of somebody's story. Um, that fucking giant clown head is still there. It doesn't appear to be like following her this time. Though. I think it's kind of moving a little bit. I think it's probably just some kind of, like, it, like, it could be the, the fun house thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ari would also love to like take her camera through Charles's like soul room and take photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so she walks over to like a particular doll on a shelf. She walks over. Well, it's the same shelf. She was shooting photos on the last episode. Right. Uh, like the other dolls are gone. It's just this doll. She says something about it. She flips it over and like under its skirt reversed. There's mm-hmm. an Aria doll with black hair and pink stripes and a knife or something through the eyeball with blood coming out. That is definitely a knife. Yeah. It's one of those dolls where it's like, it's like two torsos and heads, basically, and just like a long dress. So you can like, it's like reversible. Um, you know, the first doll here is a blonde doll. Mm-hmm. I mean, reverse you, you, theory. Could say, you could say this is Allie. You could also say this is Hannah. Reverse right? theory. Yeah. Looks kind of like Hannah. Flip it around and then pink streaks Aria with a, a foreshadowed knife through her glass eye there. The wounded Aria hides under the blonde girl. Yeah. I mean, nice work, eh? It really went all out. It's, uh, it's both menacing and abstract. <laughs> yeah, and Ari is, of course, freaking around, freaking out. She's looking around. She's spooked. A stands for artiste. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the commercial, Emily walks into the brew. She sees Nicole at the table with Ezra, and she's like, Nicole? Nicole jumps up to hug her. Hi! I can't do it. Anymore. Oh, yeah. And so she, she gives Emily a big hug, and Ezra is standing, like, right there. Like, super awkwardly. He's way too close. He's wearing a blouse. Uh, and, and Emily's laughing, and Nicole's just like, "Well, at least you still look like Emily." And Emily's like, "Fuck you!" And she's like, "What well, are you doing the, here?" The framing here, Ezra's weird ass is just like he's just budding right in. It's so perfect, like, and it's totally intentional. This is what like annoys me when people are like, "Oh, the writers are so dumb." It's like, no, this is all like the writers and directors. They know what they're doing. Like, they wouldn't have put Ezra this close and this creepy in the shot unless they wanted you to pick up on that. Uh, like, I, I really don't think people give them enough credit for what they do. I in this scene, Ezra's head might as well be a balloon that just keeps like dunking in and out yeah. of the frame. Well, and I think you know they there's all these kind of like subtle flags you're throwing up, like Ezra, Clark, Sarah, even Caleb. Mm-hmm. It's like they they keep on just kind of tweaking your perceptions of them, where you're thinking like that's shady, but you know I can probably trust this person, right? right. You know, like and I think that this is all for a reason. Like they they want you to feel uncomfortable around people who seemingly would have nothing to you know, have nothing to fear from mm. 
because eventually someone on the you know one of the characters on the show is going to be a and i think they're doing a really good job of hiding it well and i think it's funny too is that a lot of the prevalent theories about who a is those suspects aren't even like continuously yeah. recurring characters who appear on the show this season alone yeah when's um, the last time we even saw cc on the show yeah or ren but mm -hmm. uh i think it's really like a it's a bold choice though the flavor and like cast a shadow over this season with the end game for it to be through the filter of the liar's trauma mm -hmm. you know uh it's it's like a it's a i don't know it's a gambit that could have like not worked but it's like it's really meshing with like the already paranoid vibe of the show yeah i know some people haven't liked this season i have to disagree this is probably my favorite half season since like season three um yeah. i don't know i just i'm digging like the the vibe they're going for like the moodiness and everything about it yeah it's the dark pillow liar saga mm -hmm. um so ezra's like hey do either of you want coffee well before that emily you know asked what what nicole's doing here nicole says that she came by to see her dad and thought she'd make a detour yeah then ezra has to be like either you want coffee and nicole's just like yeah and kindly fuck off out of this conversation i was like I'll, I'll do it ezra's like no 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 i will get it sit visit by the way i fired you a month ago so you're not actually allowed back there so they uh, sit down and they, they smile and they kind of like they say nothing and, you know, kind of like some unsaid information passes between them. And Lee's just like Ezra told you, didn't he? Of course he fucking did. Yeah. She says, don't be mad at him, please. And he's like, no, it's it's OK. He talks about fucking everyone. Uh, she says, I'd rather you find out the story from him than me having to tell it again. It's <laughs> I think you should just just in case, in case anyone gets confused, clarify the wording there. He talks about fucking everyone. <laughs> he does, really. It's rather creepy. He talks, comma, fucking about everyone. <laughs> it's not like Ezra's talking about how he's going to fuck everyone. How do you know? We haven't seen those scenes. He's just like, Nicole, what do you think about like Spencer and Toby? Later that afternoon, doing? Caleb's like, he's taking a dump. He gets his phone, goes off. He checks it. It's like a text from Ezra. <laughs> his latest weird fantasies. <laughs> it's just like i never should have given that asshole my contact info caleb's like it's not uh ezra's inappropriate texts that really bother me it's the fact that they're like a thousand words long also shit i forgot this toilet doesn't work <laughs> i should have bought toilet paper too so hey Sarah, uh, any bags <laughs> take a shower <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a three-hour podcast so uh yeah they uh they figure out that uh Ezra has told her all the shit and then Emily says, Um, doesn't your dad live in Florida? And Nicole's like, Yeah, and she laughs and she says, Alright, so you were more than just a little detour, but um I didn't want to do this over the phone. And somebody brings some coffee, not Ezra. And Nicole says thanks, and Emily's like, What's going on? And Nicole says, I'm a supervisor now, and I've been asked to put together a team for an eight week project in Thailand. And I had this crazy idea of reuniting our Caribbean crew. Is that crazy? Like, well, you just said it was crazy. Sounds crazy. Yeah. And he's like, uh, when does it start? She says mid-June. So basically, you could just fly there in your cap and gown. But I would want you to change before you pick up the power tool. Didn't she already agree to go off of Rumor Willis? So I, I actually just rewatched those scenes from uh, episode 408. Uh -huh. She kind of does. But then, like, Pam breaks down at the end of that episode when Emily brings it up. So mm -hmm. you could say that maybe 
maybe Emily felt so bad for Pam that she, you know, decided to, to call it off for now. Or maybe just, I don't know, the prospect of hanging out with like this chick in Thailand seems better than hanging out with Rumor Willis in uh, Nicaragua. I don't know. Rumor Willis, I presume, was too busy dancing at the mm-hmm. time of this uh, scene. But <laughs> Emily could have been like, Mom, don't worry. It's at least two seasons away. Mm-hmm. I guess I like Nicole, you know. Oh, She's yeah. probably just a one-off, but I would not mind her hanging around. She, uh, you know, there are some things that she knows later on that are suspicious because we never actually saw them mentioned on screen. But I presume that they've been talking for a while. Plus, you just assume Ezra's already told her everyone's <laughs> fucking life story. Exactly. And then he talked about fucking everyone. Yeah, so Emily, she's really smiling at this idea of, you know, running off to Thailand with Nicole here. But then she kind of leans back and looks down, and Nicole's just like, you know, you already made summer plans? And Emily's like, no. And Nicole says, you think it's a bit far from home? And Emily's like, no. You can tell she wants to get the fuck out of there. And she's like, you've heard there are bugs down there on the side of your head? And Emily's like, no. Yeah, I guess it's it's not that. It's just I'm still adjusting to being back, and my mom has me in intensive therapy. I'm trying to help a new friend deal with everything. And and Nicole says, you know what? I, I shouldn't be throwing this at you right now. I only brought it up because I remember when you got off that plane, you were a mess. Within weeks, you were drunk. You had that light in your eyes. Same Helping other people out really seemed to. And at least like it did. I, she's pretty much like spelling out like why Sarah Harvey exists right now. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Emily is like using Sarah Harvey as a coping mechanism. Sarah is her habitat for humanity. Mm-hmm. She is a house that's all kinds of fucked up. She's yeah. a dollhouse. And Nicole says, and it it will again. You know, there'll be other trips. And Emily's like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And Nicole's like, wait, what? And Emily says, yeah, I want to do this one. You know, are you sure? Can I bring a friend? Mm-hmm. Oh, Emily, you're doing so well. Couldn't resist. So two things. Uh, this is probably absolutely a conversation that could have existed over the phone. Uh, secondly, this is where Ezra then comes over and gives Emily a hard time about how he's not judging her. But Habitat for Humanity, you know, may pay off now, but it'll wear off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back to it's like, trust Thomas. me, Emily, some people have real problems. Oh, I wish you would say that. Again. Yeah. Then back to Shower Harvey. Yeah. Uh, we're given a, a delightful little scene because Spencer Hastings is about to have a scene with Sarah Harvey. She's got her stolen key card there. She came over to Caleb's and instead found Sarah. Mm-hmm. And Sarah says. You sure you don't want some coffee or something? You look like you could use coffee. Has anyone ever offered you coffee before? I'm so glad we're getting the scene. Like, I I need scenes with Sarah Harvey and and Arya now, and Hannah, but especially Arya. You know, honestly, Hannah's the only person I don't need scenes of Sarah Harvey. I feel like I'm perfectly sated with Hannah being like, I don't even know the girl. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Hannah cares, but like Arya and Sarah Harvey, that is just a complicated vortex that I want in one room. <laughs> Spencer says, no, I'm okay. Thank you. Um, He said you'll be back in. He's just picking up lunch. And Sarah stands up because it's not like she was doing anything at that computer. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know what a mouse is. I'm uh, just hitting keys. Yeah. It's at the login screen. <laughs> Does anyone remember Star Trek 4 when Scotty picks yeah. up the mouse and speaks into it? Computer! Computer. <laughs> yeah, Spencer's like, cool. So Sarah goes and gets some coffee for herself, and it's, you know, awkward vibes. And Spencer says, 
I know I should just ask the gym to give me a new card, but they always charge me so much. I like that she Sarah Hart's just like, I don't know what a gym is. <laughs> I like how she feels like she has to really sell this excuse <laughs> to Sarah Harvey about people. Like Sarah Harvey's like clueless silence is per- perceived as possible, like knowing judgment. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're definitely on different wavelengths right now. Yeah, yeah. And Spencer's phone beeps. It's a text from her mom. It says, "Did you talk to your sister yet?" Spencer's just like, "Oh God." Uh, and then she's like, she throws the phone down, and ironically, Sarah says, "Everything okay?" Yeah, it's fine. It's just my mom. And there's like more awkward silence. I think you can actually hear seagulls in the background. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that seagulls? That's what it sounds like. That seems weird to me. Yeah. Like suddenly they're by the beach. And Spencer says, Can I ask you a question? Sarah nods and she says, Did anybody ever ask you to talk about it? Um, well, my mom's keeps asking me to. I guess some reporters offer money. Who's asking you? Um, my school at graduation. Oh, right. Emily told me. You're the brainiac. I can't tell if uh, I can't tell if Sarah's being condescending when she says that or just dumb. That's not me. I wish I had paid more attention at school. (laughs) I can't do her inflection while she's her voice. I I mean, Dre Davis is not doing a bad job by any means. She's actually a very good actor. I just I can do the voice or I can try to do her inflection. I can't do both. I wish I had paid more attention in school. Then I would know what a computer is. It's like the only inflection I can uh, I can do is like taking the air out of it or pumping mm-hmm. the air back into it. <laughs> Spencer says, "Why? I mean, when I think of how much I used to sweat homework exam homework assignments and exams, it's just a bunch of wasted energy. None of it matters." In your fucking face, higher education. I don't know if I could explain how it felt to be down there and how it feels to be up here. I'd want everyone to hear it. Now Spencer's like, well, great. Now I'm the asshole. You know, whenever people ask us, like, what it is we do, are we in the air quotes industry? Mm -hmm. I really want to put forth, like, the uh, urban legend now that we're just out of work voice actors. Well, I think there's a reason we're out of work, because we're terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The people who who can't do, do podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Downstairs, Caleb is still in his like gigantic fucking army jacket here. He just looks suspicious, especially in, like in a public place. He like he looks like he's got a bomb under his coat, <laughs> like a suicide vest. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wandering around. I guess he's like waiting for lunch because um, obviously he's coffee upstairs. Uh, he well, walks. Assuming o- he lives upstairs, like Toby. I mean, it seems like it makes sense. He finds a book on, you know, Ezra's like, you know, random bookshelves that he has or, or like book table. Uh, title of the book is When Love Grows Toxic. Is it and, grows or goes? Uh, I think it's doesn't grow. matter. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's grows. When, when love like grows every, toxic. I feel like every book in Ezra's coffee shop should have like a bargain price sticker on it. <laughs> probably. Like that's probably like he just goes to like Barnes Noble and buys all like the four dollar books. And except, then comes back, takes the label, the you know the discount stickers off, and sells them. Except for the Joanna Funke books, because who wouldn't want a double double fudge brownie murder? Yeah, but I, I like the way he's like he's trying to be very casual, like oh, I'm just gonna happen to pick up this you know self help romance book here. I'm in touch with my fucking emotions. Yeah, and he starts to read it. And meanwhile, nearby, Ashley Marin's waiting in line, and she looks over and she just sees this tragedy unfolding here. 
Mm-hmm. She sees Caleb needs help, so she she leaves her place in line and saunters on over. She's like, "Hey, you, hey, Cash. I." Cash is totally happening. I'm just waiting for an order to uh, take home and uh, eat. <laughs> and she looks at the book, looks back at him, and she just kind of smiles at him for a while. I mean, these two are so close to banging. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "You don't need a book." I was just killing time, Caleb. We may never know what happened to her. And maybe she'll tell you, or me, or Dr. Sullivan. Maybe she won't. So he says, he's like, I'm not even trying to force her to, you know? I'm not trying to smother her. And she joins him on the couch, says, I know. I know, and I think on some level, she knows too. She just, she likes to keep you guessing. And Caleb's just nodding, he's like, sad Caleb. And Ashley says, you know, after her dad and I split up, Anna moved into my bedroom. We would watch movies late at night, and she would laugh at the sad parts, and she'd sob at the jokes. She sounds awesome to me. <laughs> I know. Uh, and Caleb says, I just feel like I've lost her. And Ashley says, I think I saw a glimpse of the Hannah we know last night. She let the freezer door open and defrosted like $80 worth of groceries. <laughs> And after I marched upstairs and yelled at her, she looked, she looked up at me and she was thrilled. And Caleb's like, got me wondering now, like, what the hell are you suggesting? <laughs> and as she says, I'm not suggesting you yell at her. I'm just, just remember that underneath it all, she is still in there. First of all, I think Tyler Blackburn is great in this scene. It is a nice scene. Um, and I feel like this is, I think you, you can tell the show actually likes the Halo, the can't, yeah. Hannah and Caleb relationship more than the other ones because this this all feels healthy whereas like Toby and Spencer never feels healthy you know right well and I feel like Paige and Emily didn't feel healthy until the very end and it was partially it was like it was like healthy in their breaking up basically yeah yeah in the sense that it was finally like right for for the the person in the relationship who was the most disenfranchised um but Tyler Blackburn I feel like he killed in this scene when he has very little dialogue. He's just like being very vulnerable. He has he's doing so much more in this scene than he was seasons ago when he finally got to tell off his uncle daddy, which I think was his big moment then, or like the mm-hmm. other big moments probably when he was crying when he left for Ravenswood. Secondly, again, what does Ashley Marin do for a job now? Third, I want to propose a show, not necessarily a spinoff, where it's like the Gilmore Girls, only it's about a woman and her daughter's boyfriend and their <laughs> friendship. Like, maybe the girlfriend's never even seen on the show. It's just about these two getting along. Not necessarily, like, a romantic thing, but, like, I feel like I would just love to see, like, a pilot where it's just, like, I don't know, Ashley and Caleb, like, hanging out, eating meals together while he's trying to, like, like chop up Hannah's meat. Well, you know, I think we're getting Ashley's approval here because it's just going to make Caleb's reveals A hurt that much more. I feel like though I will laugh so hard if that happens. Like people are will probably just kill themselves. <laughs> That'll be a weird Snapchat. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like she's giving very sound advice to the to the guy that's dating her daughter. That she go fuck of. my daughter. Well, it's it's the kind of advice that can only be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so in Ari's living room. Speaking of misinterpretations, Ari's living room. She's on the phone, and she's like, "It's not just the junkyard, Emily. It's the bottle hair color in the dark room, the text in Sullivan's office. I mean, how did A know we were all going to be in the, be there at the exact same time?" And Emily's like, "Welcome to the show, Aria. It's always been that way." Yeah, it's like really like Emily's like, 
it, you know, like, I don't even bother to question A's hyper-reality. Although it is interesting that A seems fairly fixated on Arya lately. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. There's a knock at the door. Arya goes to the window and check, and Emily's just like, uh, hello, are you there? And Arya sees who it is, and she's a bit surprised, and she says, um, em, I-, I gotta go. Ezra's here. She just hangs up. Click. Goodbye, Emily. You're not real. Um, and it's like she, I don't think she's necessarily like anticipating answering the door. She just kind of knows she has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she opens it. It's Ezra. She says hi, and he just walks right in without an invitation, because that's what he does. It's, yeah, it's an Ezra thing. And so he's like, hey, um, so I was just gonna drop this off, but I saw your car in the driveway. You left your application for the photo competition at the brew. Well, he's such a condescending dick in the way he says it. Like, yeah. like, you know, like, you, like, like you need to be more careful. It's like, you left your application for the photo competition. At but the I brew. feel like he's also, there's an air of, oh, by the way, I just discovered that you, ha- that you were applying for this because I found it when you left it behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's also, he has a blazer on over his blouse now. So he, uh, it's a woman's blazer. Sorry, his blazer. Yeah. He answers the papers and Arya's like, oh, thank you. And he says, and I, I saw that you needed a recommendation. So I just wrote one. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Ezra. And he says, which I know is, is very presumptuous and you want somebody else, if you want somebody else to write it. And Arya's like, no, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, who knows me better than you? Strike because, one. You know, you spied on me for months while we were dating. Mm hmm. And she kind of forces a smile and he's so pleased with himself. And she starts reading his letter and she's like, wow, you definitely use your creative writing skills. When when did I have a solo exhibit at the brew? And he's like, I might have embellished slightly, but I mean, good at that. Yeah, I do have your self portrait hanging above my desk. I did. I mean, I did. Oh, Ezra. And uh, she's like, well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's like he somehow finds new ways to be awful. Mm-hmm. And I, he needs I think, a mustache to twirl while he does this. Well, I think what makes it worse is that Arya can't help but appreciate it, just because the rest of her life is like so full, full of paranoia and fear. Yeah, that like there's like a comfort in Ezra, even though he's sort of terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, also it's the horrible that she knows. I think we need to see Arya's self-portrait. Like, is it just a black hoodie? <laughs> anyway, Ezra says, "Yeah, anytime." And he's about to leave when he looks over and his like jaw hangs open. He's like, whoa, what is that shit? <laughs> and we look over and see he's like Arya's like murder doll that she found is like sticking out of her purse. Mm. And Arya's like, uh, and she like she has nothing. So she just has to force a smile. And she's like, I did that for my photos. God, this is so embarrassing for Arya. Well, he's like, well, that that is certainly is disturbing. Not sure I'd want to have that hanging above my desk. <laughs> Heather Hogan Fuck you, Ezra. She tweeted something about how this is like this is classic Ezra. Like he writes this version of her that he prefers <laughs> and approves of. Then he puts down what is possibly her art representing her true inner nature because he's yeah. he's Ezra. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and and I like I feel like insulting Arya's art is probably worse than insulting Arya. Like he should know this, but. It gets him results because it's it is the horrible that she knows. Yeah. So later that night, it's after dark. Spencer rolls up uh, to the Hastings gate in her SUV there, and fucking Dean is he's waiting for her against the wall, and he's doing all the body language here to let Spencer know that he is not happy, looking real bad boyish. Yeah. Doing that thing where you lean up against something and you've got like the one leg, the one leg up, up on, on the, the wall, wall too. Yeah. yeah. Real bad boyish. Real James gets, Dean. Spencer gets out. 
and she says i meant to call you i'm so sorry and he just like turns away without a word like like what a child yeah i know mean, this is like, mid-20s petulant yeah and spencer's like where are you going he's like to my car and she says look i, I i'm sorry i didn't make it today and he's just like i just came by to make sure you're okay and you are see ya we don't want to be ya. yeah why are you so mean dean and so he starts getting his car, and Spencer's like, hold up, can you please let me explain? And he, he's totally acting like all of her problems are like nothing compared to him having to wait for her. Yeah. And Spencer says, I, I skipped today's meeting because I, I decided that I'm going to write that speech after all. She's inspired by Sarah Harvey. <laughs> and Dean's like, I don't give a crap about the speech. Don't you get it? In my life, when someone doesn't show up or answer the phone, there's a very real possibility that they're lying in a gutter somewhere. Spencer's like, I didn't, I didn't realize that this was all about you and your dumb bullshit. Yeah, he's he, he's calling her selfish when honestly he's being the selfish one mm -hmm. uh, cuz he cares. God damn it. Like that's all that matters. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. And it's like Dean like you guys aren't close enough for this to really be your concern. But also he's putting her back in a kind of box. Yeah. And it's like Spencer she's stalked by a ghost ninja all the time. Like your rehab fears means nothing to her. Uh, and so she says she's sorry. Don't be sorry, Spencer. And he's just like, I know. Ugh. And he's like, and she's totally buying his like mad and insensitive guy act. Like, oh, this guy's the worst. And she's like, well, at least come inside and have a cup of coffee. But she can't be anything but charming, even in the face of this guy's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't see you anymore. Spencer says, what? Why? Are you seriously going to cut me out of your life because I skipped one meeting? He says, no, I need to stop seeing you because every time you're near me, I... I just want to grab you and kiss you. And the fact that you have a boyfriend isn't the problem. The problem is I don't care. Also, the problem is I'm 25 and you're 18. That's terribly inappropriate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, we just need Dean to call uh, Toby the Carpenter. Well, I like how, like, once again, the Rosewood male has showed his true colors inevitably. You know, so, it's like it, 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 there's only one good man in Rosewood, and that man is Barry Maple. Yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of time for everyone else. Yeah, so... I read this obviously the next part here very certain way, but I've read things where other people read it otherwise. To me, he starts to lean in, and she purposely kind of leans back, being as polite as she can that, that there's not going to be a kiss here, right? I mean, I guess the way I read this is she's kind of staring at him, studying, studying him. He, or I'm sorry, she, I think, is fascinated, and I think she is probably like I think her brain is very split right now, like she's. One part of her is very ready for him to move in and kiss her because mm. she that's Spencer. That's kind of how she rolls like she she just wants to see what it's like before mm -hmm. she says no. But then I think she does. She makes a decision in her mind like, no, I'm going to step back. You know, and this right. is growth for Spencer. Usually she would she would let the dude kiss him or kiss her. And then she would have been like, no, this is wrong. But well, now I, now she's actually like she she just clicked and made that decision in her head. And you can see okay. she's still tempted after he leaves. But, you know, she's. She's kind of has the the, res, the, re, the resolve here. Well, yeah, as as the actor who plays the role says, she mm -hmm. Spencer always says no one second too late mm -hmm. after she's experienced the thing. But I I don't know. I guess I didn't. I get what you're saying. I didn't ex see as much of her being interested. I read a lot of things online after watch this episode where people were like, she totally wanted it, and it's like, uh, I think it's a little more complicated than that. I think it's a little more muddled than that. I, I think it's very uh, ambivalent on her part. But, yeah. but she definitely, she makes a decision to step back a little. 
And so he's just like, all right, I'm out of here. And I, you know, I think a part of her feels bad, but, you know, sorry, Dean. Yeah. She's, I mean, A, she has a boyfriend. B, you're like way too old for her. Mm-hmm. And like you're, you were like her like sober coach, like her sponsor, like it's totally inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, you don't start making out with the guy who was earlier just going to meet you platonically at a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean. You got to bring her some of your fucking books. You got to sleep with your head on her butt that one time or something like that. Call good. Um, so meanwhile, in Hannah's room. Go back to your fucking meeting. Hannah, back to the cameras, trying on a leather jacket, zipping up the universal film and TV metaphor for let's do this. Oh, yeah. She's about to The only thing she some, needed was sunglasses and a pop a collar. But, but then she turns around and she like hisses because Caleb is like right there behind her. Also, there's a dresser in there now. Still pretty minimal room, but there's some shit in her room. Oh, yeah. She's she's rebuilding. The the, the walls are still all fucked up. <laughs> and uh, so Caleb says, hey. And she's like, God, Caleb. I'm sorry. sorry. I, I didn't mean to freak you out. I let myself in. Your mom made me a key. Of course she did. Hannah, knock it off. Knock what off? I'm not the one who just shows up at someone's door for no reason. She tries to walk past him, and he like grabs her and spins her around. He's like, I've got a reason. And then he plants one on her. And you can see this pleases Hannah Marin, and they're about to have some very energetic makeup sex. Well, she looks at him like, you are a real man. Mm-hmm. So he she like, finally takes that awful jacket off. He, push, he pushes the jacket off her. They keep making out. They end up on the bed. Uh, and then cut to outside in the hallways. Ashley Marin smiles to herself and pours some more wine. <laughs> Did you feel like this was a healthy uh, romantic coupling? Uh, I mean, I, I think the first time, like on Twitter, like you know, as I was live watching this, I called this hate fucking. But on on second watch, I think it's more makeup sex. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's hate fucking. I don't think it's makeup sex. To me, this is like emotionally detached sex. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it that way. I, I on second I watch, is, I thought uh, it was romantic. As Doctor Oz would say, uh, "Sex is a drug, too, Spencer." Okay. Oh, Fuck that guy. I don't think that this is quite the happy ending that Caleb fans should be hoping for. Um, so anyway, well, the, the happy ending comes like two minutes later. <laughs> That's when Ashley's like drinking the the wine out in the hallway, and you hear, "Oh, oh, we were really going there in this episode." <laughs> uh, so cut to the Cinderella scrubbing Emily's carpet here. You mean Lady Macbeth? There's a spot. You know, I I just don't see Sarah Harvey as Lady Macbeth. I feel like she lacks a certain gravitas. <laughs> so Sarah's scrubbing the carpet in a, like in a panic as Emily comes in. And Emily's just like, Sarah, what are you doing? What happened? I will pay for the bike if they can't fix it. No, what happened to you? It doesn't come out. I'll replace the whole carpet. Hey, Sarah, stop. Talk to me. How did you get hurt? Were you in an accident? When we see Sarah I... stand up. She's kind of got like a bloody scratch on her forehead. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's like crying. Emily says, you don't know what? Anything, <laughs> Emily. She doesn't know anything at all. If it happened on purpose, I, I, I turned on that street behind the school and I felt like I was being followed. She's shaking her right hand during this whole thing. Like her, which I thought was weird, but I think we see why in a sec. Because she keeps like just, it's like some like, like one hand acting. Emily says, by who? There was this dark car. It was going real slow. Did the car hit you? And she like lifts up her bloody elbow and arm. Well, God, like, get in this story out of Sarah, like, pulling teeth here. It's like, get on with it. Get to the key details. 
the ceiling sped up and, and the side mirror smashed my elbow and, and I have to clean this up before your mom sees it. I'm thinking maybe if you're still bleeding, deal with that before you clean the bloody carpet because maybe that's why the blood's on the carpet. Yeah, yeah, she tries to go back to scrubbing and only stops her. Like, poor sad Sarah Harvey. She's like the world's most wretched Muppet. Uh, and Emily but says, it's like this this somehow excites some part of Emily more so than this girl like parading around in a bra and eating the blood. blood. Well, no, not the blood. <laughs> no. Emily's like, that's how it starts. The rage. <laughs> no, the fact that she needs help so dramatically. Mm-hmm. She is um, you know, maybe kid. the blood. She's in she's in a cage. She's a raccoon in a cage, and she needs to be freed. Yeah, so Emily says, no, you don't. I'll do it, okay? Just look at me. If I show you a picture, can you tell me if it was the same car? Sarah nods, and so Emily says, okay, look, is this it? She holds up a photo of Leslie Stone's green SUV there. Outside the sushi place. Mm-hmm. I think so. Doesn't this seem a little convenient? Yeah. I feel well, like this is when we start to really suspect Sarah Harvey. Well, what it really, for me, where it really gets weird is, after Emily says, okay, listen to me, we may have figured out who's doing this. And then she says, who is we? It's like, don't you fucking know Emily's friends? <laughs> well, the friends that she's I think Emily, absconding off into the night to go deal with? I guess, but Emily like keeps her so sheltered. She's like not allowed to interact with her friends. Um, but so, you know, let's say Leslie Stone's green SUV did hit Sarah Harvey. Was it Leslie or was it Hannah Marin trying to take out Sarah Harvey so Emily will get her head back in the game? That would be wonderful. And it's just like, you don't even go here, bitch. <laughs> runs her over <laughs> but yeah emily says sarah you are safe in this house okay and three weeks you and i can get on a you know, can both get out of here we'll get on a plane and you're safe in this house just hope that no one crashes any cars or tries to blow up the neighbor's house next door again but sarah says what a program i did a couple summers ago was it a couple summers ago hmm. uh they're going to thailand my supervisor said that i could take you my mother won't let me leave the country. What if we talk to your caseworker? She can't help me. No one can. <laughs> Sarah, I can help you, okay? I won't let anything happen to you. Now let me get you some Adderall for that pain. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we'll talk about Drunk Gate, I think, at the end of this podcast. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah. yeah, I think that is a misstep, though, because it would have been last summer, right? Seems like it, yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe she went more than once, but I mean, I, I got the impression that she only went to Habitat for Humanity because she's so fucked up from Myodine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe uh, she'd done it in the past. So, night, exterior, well, so, big building. So, do we believe Sarah? Like, she, Sarah seems awfully quick to shut down Thailand. And this is like, she's wanted to get emancipated last week, but now it's like suddenly like, nope, not even going to try asking my mom. I'm going to immediately say no. I mean, who knows? She might be panicked, but also... You know, I mean, she Spencer's maybe did family, just get run over by someone, so who knows? Yeah, Spencer's family's horrible at times, but Spencer still aches for that that sense of family and belonging. So maybe mm-hmm. Sarah, deep down, doesn't want to be that far from her mom, even though she wants her freedom, wants to feel whole. I don't know. Maybe uh, Emily's going to take her to that beach from the beach, Leonardo DiCaprio, and like. Yeah, I never watched that movie. Like heroin farmers or something. Um, yeah, so night exterior, big building. Uh, it says Harwick College Science Lab on it. Uh, That's a, a totally real place. They invented website page here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so inside, we see basically an office of cages with rabbits in them. Uh, it's mm. a Dharma office, obviously. Uh, Ari and Hannah Spencer come around the corner with flashlights. And Ari's like, Leslie experiments on animals? And Hannah's like, of course she does. What do you think we are to her? 
Spencer says, you guys, less talking, more looking. Which one is her desk? I like how the Hannah stops to look at the rabbit cage and like kind of just like look at the bunnies in the background as Arya and Spencer walk on. I wanted it to be like an eight on the rabbit. Mm, That'd be awesome. Yeah. So or maybe an A. Yeah. Ooh, nice. And then the Pierre Chang walks in, but it's the one right in front of Arya. Of course, she's like, um, wait, this is it. All right. What am I supposed to be looking for? I'll check the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like, well, she furnished an underground bunker. So I'm guessing she must have a stack of receipts the size of a phone book. Which she would obviously keep at her science lab job. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. So they're looking through papers. Hannah's looking through some stuff on a shelf. And Arya says, she's talking to Spencer. Well, she says, for old time's sake, let's make this about Arya. Mm-hmm. So Ezra came to my house. I came really close to telling him. Spencer's like, telling him what? Arya says, about why we're here. Everything. I hate lying to him. Which just, too. Wow. Of all the people you should feel bad about lying to, Arya, Ezra is like at the very bottom of that list. I just want Spencer to shake her head and be like, not a touch of irony in your voice, Arya. <laughs> yeah, Spencer says, okay, but you guys aren't even together anymore. Why do you feel like you owe him? And Arya's like, no, no, it's not about owing him. It's just who I turn to in times like this. Who makes me feel safe? Spencer kind of thinks this over and she says, is that really fair to him? And the fandom's like, how dare you? Well, I mean, fuck Ezra and all, but Spencer's not totally wrong. At least, like, on Arya's side of things. I, I think Arya knows. Like, obviously, it's not good that you keep going to Ezra, you know. Just because a thing is familiar mm-hmm. does not mean that it is right. I mean... I don't think that anyone in the Ezra fandom has ever understood those words. They've never pierced the skull. <laughs> Yeah, so Hannah's at another desk checking for clues, and she bends over, and there's like this like electric okay. electronic device. So this sound, if you if you've ever grown up watching TVs and movies, you totally recognize this sound. I will probably never be around a device like this in my entire life, unfortunately. But you <laughs> know what a Geiger counter sounds like? No, that's not a Geiger counter. Is that a Geiger counter? Geiger counter clicks. This is the sound that I've always grown up with as a Geiger counter. Mm. Yeah, a Geiger counter like it kind of like. Click, click, click. Uh, this is like a radio oh, squawk. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But it's like a radio squawk. Um, but yeah, she she bends down and then we see it's weird. It's like these like weird cones, like these kind of black cones. Um, and they almost seem to like move when she's near them. Um, but yeah, they, they start squeaking when her head is near. But it's basically acting as a Geiger counter, though. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. So Hannah freezes and she's kind of weirded out. She's like, what the hell is that? And their liars don't say anything. And Hannah bends back down and it starts like squawking again. And there's these like two black little cone shaped things. And they're all looking at each other like what the hell's going on. It seems they seems like to beep whenever her head is close. And then the greatest thing ever happens. Spencer comes over. She's behind Hannah. She takes Hannah's head in both her hands and she starts rocking Hannah's head back and forth. She like, is waving moving, it in front of these cones. She is moving Hannah's head like she's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I wish this went on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and every time she passes Hannah's head in front of these cones, we hear like the radio squawk. Uh, and we can see this device. It's a, it's like a satellite GPS transceiver or something like that. It's got like longitude and latitude and things on it. It's, uh, it's for, for tracking. Mm. And Hannah says, Spencer, what are you doing? And Spencer shushes her. She's like, and Hannah's like, wait. And Spencer says, shh. And says, why am I beeping? I haven't stolen anything yet. Yes. Nailed it. And Hannah picks up one of those little like cone antenna things and she kind of like moves it over Hannah's head and kind of focuses on like the spot in the nape of her neck there. 
Mm. Uh, and then she like gasps and Spencer starts checking her own neck and you know, the thing beeps right, right around her neck. And, and it's just like, Spencer, say something. Why are we like radioactive? Mm-hmm. Spencer says, bitch chipped us. I hope that was a hashtag. <laughs> and Hannah and Arya are both feeling the back of their necks are freaked out. Well, the fact that they do it in unison is awesome. Mm-hmm. Theory. Uh, so after the commercial, Arya, she's studying this little GPS transceiver now. And she's like, she chipped us. She friggin chipped us. Uh, she spins around to Hannah and Spencer and she's like starting to freak out, feel her neck. And she's like, well, how do we get it out? Who is this monster? Spencer says she chipped us in the bunker. That's why we were drugged. And says, yeah, just like every other animal she sicked on us. Birds, snakes, wild horses. And Spencer says, okay, we can stand here and list A's greatest hits, but we still need to get something real to give to the police. So Arya... Please keep checking on the desk. Hannah, let's check the shells. And Hannah's like, why can't we just hand over our heads? So a lot of people are like annoyed that they like just didn't go to the cops about this. Uh, I think Spencer's line there, like they're looking for something on Leslie. Yeah. Which is why they keep looking like they could go to the cops and say, we have chips in us from the dollhouse. But what does that really get them? I mean, yes, they need to get the chips taken out, but it's not like an immediate priority, I wouldn't think. Uh, like, no. he already knows where they are. I mean, I would definitely go and tell the cops and then have these removed, without a doubt. But yeah, the Spencer's point is not about... It's not like they can just leave now. Like, this doesn't help them, really. Well, plus they have to explain how they know this. But mm-hmm. also, Spencer's point is not, like, let's have another ongoing puzzle piece, you know, shipped in here. Like, let's end this fucking thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Ari, go check the bedroom of this lab. And also, I would actually love a scene of the liars sitting around reminiscing about A's greatest hits. Because I'm sure Ari hasn't heard most of them, even though she was there. Ari's like, what? That didn't happen. Yeah. Like, Ari, you were there. Meanwhile, at the Hannah brew, got run over by a car. And Ari's like, mm, yeah, I don't remember that. I, I, I Maybe Ezra told me about that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, at the brew, Nicole comes running up a giant envelope. She heads over to Emily, who's waiting on the couch in the liar's nook. Emily looks like she has some bad news to deliver. So Nicole says, hey, um, the, cop, the copy shop's uh, printer ran out of ink, so I have to show you the good pictures on my phone. And Emily's just like, I can't go. Yeah, she's like, well, Nicole picks up on it. She's like, I have to show you the good pictures on my phone. Because she, she knows Emily's like, yeah, I can't go. And Nicole's like, why? What happened? Did your mom? And Emily's like, oddly enough, not my mom this time. Mm-hmm. That friend I wanted to bring, she's a fucking basket case. I can't leave her behind. No, no, it's not my mom. I, I The friend I wanted to bring, I can't leave her behind. Her home situation's a disaster. You know, she's still trying to figure out how to stand on her own. And, and yeah, the only thing holding her up. I can't do that Wow. Myself. Yeah. I really I want you just to do the Holbrook impression for Nicole. The Holbrook impression? Yeah. You're the only thing holding her up. <laughs> Instantly better. <laughs> Emily, Emily says, you know, I've only known her for a couple of weeks, but it's just been intense. She's still trapped in a nightmare. And Nicole says, well, I, I think you all are. And Emily says, you're right. But there are moments when I'm with her and I completely forget. You know, it's like she's helping me more than I'm helping her. And Nicole says, Em... Is Sarah capable of returning her feelings? God, my, my whole work needs work. And Emily says, what? No, no, no. That, that's not what I'm feeling. I'm just, I think Nicole's pretty fucking perceptive here. Yeah. Which everyone, is why I want her to stick around. Everyone knows that you're you're sprung, Emily. The liars know it. Emerson fan message boards know it. Mm-hmm. Even wild cage animals and makeup labs know it. 
Yeah. And Emily says, I'm sorry you came all the way out here and I should have waited a day to give you an answer. Or you could have called. Yeah. And Nicole says, well, I don't know about you, but I'm still really glad I made the trip. Emily nods. Um, I mean, it seems fitting almost that Nicole would be the one to kind of point this out to Emily, kind of like removed from the situation. Like maybe Emily needs to hear it from someone else. Yeah. It's like, Emily, you're obviously into this chick. Uh, Meanwhile, Nicole has a type and it is fallen English teachers. Mm, and we'll get to that. Back to the lab. Hannah enters a new room full of animal cages. Like rats uh, and gerbils and shit. Yeah, there's some rats. There's a raccoon. We hear a lot of monkey sounds, but never see a monkey. Probably this is it Oscar the raccoon. Yeah. yeah, Oscar the raccoon. Uh, so Hannah squats down to look at Oscar the raccoon in his cage. And then she starts having flashes to like, you know, like PTSD flashbacks to like the dollhouse, like her and, being in jail, her yeah, being arrested. Which I, I love the reminder that, oh, yeah, Hannah was also in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's decided to let all these animals out of their cages. She opens a raccoon cage. She opens some rat cages. And Spencer comes in. She's like, Hannah, what are you doing? And Hannah says she doesn't get to keep anybody in cages anymore. And Spencer just like following around behind Hannah now, like closing the cages behind her. She's like, stop. And Hannah says, I'm letting them out. And Spencer says, Hannah, get away from the window. You're going to set off the alarm. And Hannah's like, I don't care. Spencer says, what? You will when the campus police show up. Just get away from the window. See, this is this is a sign of like the dichotomy of these two characters and just their general relationship is so playful and fun and interesting. This is another reason why like the video game would be so perfect. Mm-hmm. Imagine a level where like you're Spencer. You're just running around trying to shut cages that Hannah's opened <laughs> and somehow like put an end to this situation. I feel like it'd be such a great puzzle. Yeah. Well, and then Hannah's eyes like bug out because she's looked past Spencer there and she's gasping. Oscar the raccoon is slowly made his way out of his cage there mm-hmm. um and they are treating him like he's a fucking wolverine or something like yeah, spencer, yeah, like, a, like spencer, a fucking lion yeah yeah spencer like backs up against the cages like in terror she's like oh okay stay back uh and like, there's like this like foley of like oscar like hissing at them yeah uh and spencer's like move really slowly these are not cuddly animals remember it's like spencer he almost... sure looks like a little cuddly raccoon to me yeah, i was like remember when spencer almost got her head kicked in by uh <laughs> a horse <laughs> mr ed yeah yeah, so Oscar uh, like raises up on his hind legs and like hisses at them, and they're like totally screaming now. Yeah. And Hannah's like, "Wait, why is it moving like that? Is it on speed or something?" And Spencer's like, "Hannah, it's a lab. It could be in a lot of things. Okay, starting with anthrax. Just did stay they, calm." Do they test anthrax on raccoons? Is that something you would do? College students? Like, does an anthrax just kill you? I mean, maybe you it's be- uh, maybe it's uh, like Rafi uses anti-zombie drugs. Hmm. Maybe this is how Hannah sees Spencer when, when Spencer's on her pills. Whoa. You know? Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah, Spencer's saying to just stay calm. And now, of course, is the great time for Arya to wander in, totally oblivious, like reading from a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, guys, hey, check out this invoice. Spencer's <laughs> like, Arya. And Arya says, she just ordered like a dozen. And Spencer's like, Arya. Uh, and then Oscar the raccoon like hisses and Arya suddenly notices and like jumps back in terror. She straight up yelps. Yeah. Spencer's like, don't scream. You're going to make it worse. And Hannah's just like, is there another light we can turn on? Spencer says, no, they're nocturnal, okay? I don't want to traumatize them any more than they already have been. We just need to get them back in the cage. And Arya's like, them? And Hannah says, yeah, there's rats too. And they jump. And just like this supreme look of disgust on Arya's face. Arya's just like, this is why I don't go on away missions with you bitches. This right here. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Just so Hannah reaches in her, her purse, like, or Spencer asks, do you guys have any food? Hannah reaches in her purse, pulls out a baggie, and she's like, do they eat cheese sticks? She, like, tosses the baggie of Cheetos to, like, Spencer, who starts I gotta, tossing out. I, I gotta give a shout-out to Jacob Clifton here, who described these as Chester Top Landspeed Mammal Cheese Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> like the generic website page version instead of, a, you know, like, Cheetos. Um, yeah. that That's just perfect. Uh, towards the, like, the raccoon, Hannah's just like, hey, Spencer, not all of them. That's my dinner. And so she's like, shut up. So a rat moves across the floor. So Arya backs up against like a wall of cages as another rat comes scurrying along and hops onto her shoulder. <laughs> this whole sequence is so much fun. It's like a farce. <laughs> it's like where the wild things are. Yeah, she's she's gassed. Like there's some screaming. Spencer's like shh. Like Spencer's like, what are you doing? Like, they, like Arya like flicks the rat off, runs over by Spencer in hand, and then the lights go out. Spencer's like, what just happened? Why did the lights go out? A lamp comes on. Like a single lamp comes on, illuminating the face of. Mona, who says, "Have you guys lost your minds?" Mona fucking Vanderwall. Mona just showed up. She is dressed like Emily and like a jean vest. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, I think we were joking the last episode that Mona dressed like everyone except for Emily. Yeah. Now she's dressed like Emily. Where is this going? I don't know. But the fact who that- will she dress like next? I feel like Mona has to snicker to herself that she entered the scene saying, have you guys lost your minds? Well, and what an entrance. Just like it's pitch black and then like click, there's Mona. Have you guys lost your minds? I wish Mona entered every scene like this. Like doors are not good enough for her. She needs Mm -hmm. to be the exact opposite of like the the throwing down the smoke pellet and disappearing. Mm -hmm. Well, she's Um, just like ridiculously competent because after the commercial, like the liars have like formed a liar wall. mm -hmm. And Hannah's like, Mona, you followed us here again? And Ari's like, why did you turn the lights off? But Mona is so calm and cool. She starts to approach them. And she's like, so the security guard wouldn't see us. And Ari's like, us? Oh, save it, Mona. You are not one of us. You're working for A. You know, that like, really hurts, Arya. Like, why don't you just let her be a liar? That's all she wants. And Spencer's like, you, who, like they were all arm in arm and buddy buddy in the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, you and Leslie Stone are going down and the raccoon like runs back to his cage well, mona is like mentally commanded oscar back into his cage like it it's like it's it's like magic she just like very casually like just opens the cage for oscar and puts him right back inside i feel like if she had to mona could speak dolphin and possibly well, even whale and maybe even chewy yeah there is a, a promo still for this episode where she's like kissing a little rat which yeah. i think they must have cut that part out but presumably mona also like just like you know, had the rats come to her and like pick them up and put them back in their cages. Too. She can, she can calm all sorts of beasts and men. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hannah's just like, we have what we need and we're going straight to the police. And Moshe's a cage and she's just like, this college will prosecute. I'm just trying to save you from yourselves. Cut the crap, Mona. The only thing you're trying to do. Wow. I just, I love the, the, the ridiculous energy that they're throwing at her. And it's like, they're not even like stirring her. Yeah. Spencer says, cut the crap, Mona. The only thing you're trying to protect is Leslie's vendetta against us. And says, yeah, which is crazy because we had nothing to do with what happened to Bethany. And Ari's like, yeah, we never even heard of Leslie's friend until she was found in Allison's grave. And Mona's like, her friend? Where did it say in Leslie's file that she was friends with Bethany Young? She hated that girl. Spencer's like, oh, really? And I suppose she hated Charles, too, so much as she started pretending to be him. And Mona says, Leslie is not pretending to be Charles. She's just pretending to be stable. My favorite line. Not too good at pretending either. My absolute favorite line of the episode. Yeah. Mona says, that's why she didn't want anyone to see that file. And Hannah says, she was in Radley at the same time as Charles. You're telling me that Leslie's never even. And Mona says, I asked her myself, 
She only heard Charles' name once. The night Bethany Young snuck out at Radley and never came back. Charles snuck out that night, too. This whole scene is like Mona. It's like lecturing the fans on like making assumptions and leap of logic that aren't supported by evidence. I want. She's like, just because she was Bethany's roommate does not mean they were BFS. Right. I wanted something where like they doubt her in that moment. And I wanted Mona to be like, no, no, no. When I ask somebody a question, it means more than when you ask them a question. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I get an answer, it's an answer. People don't lie to me. Ari says, wait. That was the night Allison disappeared. Charles was already dead by then. And Mona says, not according to Leslie. They were looking for two patients. The entire place were on lockdown because of Bethany and Charles. And I don't know if you caught this. Uh, the end of that sentence says, the entire place went on lockdown because of Bethany and Charles. The Charles part of that is clearly dubbed in. Mm. Very weird and suspicious. Like, what what did she say instead? Or did they just want a better reading? I don't know. She uh, was. Uh, she's actually Luke's father. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah says he had to be dead, Mona. He donated his organs. Sure, Spencer. Um, do you know Sp- Mona? I think she has like body glitter on her face. Yeah, she. It's interesting look. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer starts to get out the file. There's a great shot of Mona there. It's like either she doesn't approve of these flight of fancies of liars, or she's really just stealing herself up, gearing up for the next lie. It's. I think she's just a little hurt. You know, it's like all yeah. I do for you bitches is save your asses. Yeah, and you still don't trust me. Yeah, Spencer hands me the file, and Hannah's like, look. And Ari's like, Spencer, why did you give her those? And Spencer's like, don't worry, I made copies, which is the rudest it's So touch. rude. I feel like the, the the expression on Mona's face right now is like, this is how I feel whenever I go on like the PLL subreddit, and they're still talking about what Maya knew. It's just like, yeah. really? We're, st- yeah. we're still stuck on this. Well, it's like, you're not even insulting my intelligence, you're insulting your intelligence. Yeah, Mona, Mona barely has to glance at it. She's like, this donation form's a sham. Look at the medications Charles is taking. Nobody would want his liver. He's not an eligible donor. So she hands the file back to Spencer. And Spencer, really, I want Spencer really, to Spencer, be like, you should have caught that. I want Spencer to be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hannah's like, so what are you saying? And Ari's like, wait, that Charles is alive? And Mona's like, of course. And probably Ari had just got big. that. <laughs> probably playing something big and wanting to keep us distracted. Leslie's just easy pickings. And Spencer's like, we have a picture. And the person in the hoodie is not a guy. Mona says, Spencer, if you caught A in a photo, it's because A wanted to be caught. Which, Mona is one of the few people who can say that with authority. Yeah, she's like, give me a little professional courtesy here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we hear like a radio crackle and we see some light shining in. So obviously security guards are here. They all hide behind some shells and cages. Security guard pokes his head in. He looks around, shines his flashlight. Doesn't seem to see them, even though Mona's not very well hidden. Uh, And then at one point, Hannah. She's waving her hand, putting a spell on him. Mm Mm-hmm. At one point, Hannah turns around and finds herself like face to face with a rat on a shelf. Is this symbolism? It's Amy the witch. Yeah. Manages to keep quiet, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots to unpack here because what Mona just dropped basically nukes like everyone's theories. Mm-hmm. Um, if Charles was I mean, first, let's get this out. If Charles was actually alive and at Radley until that night, uh, this does mean that he could have been there for marrying Kavanaugh's supposed suicide. Mm-hmm. which we didn't think was true before if he didn't they just say disturbed patient is what led to that yeah and well, before no i don't think they ever said she um before it was like no he'd be dead by the time that happened but now that's back on the table mm-hmm. but it also means that practically everyone else on the show couldn't be charles it would seem even take somebody like ren we haven't seen flashbacks of him before that night but it's really hard to imagine that in one year's time he could escape Radley, become a fake doctor, 
and like develop a British accent. Like that stretches plausibility to me. But in like CC, for instance, we saw CC before uh, that night hanging out with Allie. So like CC seemingly couldn't be like it, it would stretch credibility for CC to have been sneaking out of Radley and then sneaking back in. And like well, no one wasn't CC the one who showed Mona how to sneak out. She was, but CC also went to Radley and pretended to be Allie. And it, like, I don't know that that seems pretty sketchy to me for this is what I'm saying is that like basically we've seen everyone every main character on the show we've seen them before that night mm. and they're not in Radley so if Charles is still in Radley at that point I think one of two possibilities is happening here either there's some really big twist coming or Mona is lying mm. like isn't that the most simplest explanation for this is that Mona's just lying to them I mean I suppose you could say Leslie's lying but I feel like it it would make so much sense for Mona to just be playing them because we've really been set up so much with like, oh, poor Mona. She was, you know, kidnapped and, you know, tortured and put in the hole like we're, you know, in the dollhouse. Like we're totally on her side now. Surely she can't be a part of this. Or could she uh, could just be a brilliant misdirection. So if with option number one there, though, wouldn't that involve. I was going to say, Charles, could it be anybody who came to town anew? And like season three, which the only person I can hmm. think of is uh, is Ted. <laughs> oh God. Um. But I mean, it wouldn't have to be somebody who was like a new arrival since the show. Not even season three, like since the show started. Well, it seems like it would need to be somebody who we haven't seen in flashbacks of before that night. Right. And I don't know who that would be. I mean, the, so only, the only one, you know, obvious that we could think of would be somebody like Ren, but it stretches plausibility that Ren could be a mental institution in a mental institution and then a year later be like a doctor with an accent working there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so to like me, the, the accent thing we keep bringing up, like it's like a perfect. Well, well, somehow he had to like go to England to like romance uh, Melissa Hastings. Like, I don't know. That's a lot of work to do in a year. Well, I uh, think, I think especially that, that, oh, did you really think that the romance took place in England? I figured it took place stateside. I guess it could. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, he had to presumably go to some kind of medical school or work on fabricating something that would allow him to actually work at the Roosevelt Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would think also the fact that presumably he was there when Spencer was in London last year. Yeah. Well, and I guess the thing with Ren, like if Charles had like, you know, disappeared, but not actually died when Charles was 16, like if that was a fake death, mm. that seems like enough time for him to have like built a new identity as Ren. Right. A year doesn't seem like enough time. I don't know, which is why I think Mona's lying. Like I would, I don't know, which I would love, by the way, like if Mona was just playing them all this whole time, I think that'd be great. And even Ezra, like he has a brother, he has a mom. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to suddenly say he was adopted. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was. Oh, Ezra, we saw at Hollis before yeah, was, that night. He was, he was at Hollis. Which um, is why, like, I know a lot of people are pissed off by this episode because it's like it nuked everyone's theories. Now they're like, it's like, well, how do you explain this new resol- re- revelation here? But we have been told, though, that it is somebody we've seen before. Yes, I think so. I don't know. I mean. Marlene tweeted something where it's like A now knows who the, the A is A or something like that where it's like yeah. seemingly an, an actor who was already 
on the show and just learned that they were A. Who that could be, though? I'm, I am stumped. Um, seemingly no one could be A right now. And like somebody's lying, basically, is what it seems like. Like not all this information that we have about Charles is true. We just don't know what. It's going to be a real shame when Barry Maple is revealed to be Charles. Ooh, that would hurt. That would hurt Ken the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so cut to Kenneth DeLaurentiis, speaking of him. He's in his car in front of his house. He's on the phone, yelling at some poor bastard, as usual. And he's like, he was a patient there. How could no one know this? Yeah, ugh, thank you for your time. He hangs up. He's frustrated. He's got, like, this little list on a notepad that he crosses the name off of. Uh, looks like it's a bunch of doctors. Like, he crosses off Andrew Grant, MD, but there's, like, some other PhDs on there. None of these names look like they mean anything. Um, but we can assume he's he's trying to find out more about Charles, is how I interpret this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ken sets the notepad down, rolls his eyes, and then drives off into the night. Whose house is he in front of? Uh, I think his own house. Is it? Let me see. Um, I don't think it's his house. I mean, it's dark. You can't. Ooh, I I looked. I don't think it's his no. House. That is that is his own house. Is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. that is. How funny would it be if he's just been sitting in the car all day mm-hmm. making phone calls? It's just what he's been doing there. Yeah, I just checked. he really would be drinking his. Pit. That is definitely his house. But yeah, okay. he he's now driving off into the night. I mean, we never see Allie in this episode. I guess she's just like on lockdown inside, or keeping her away Lorenzo. from Lorenzo. Yeah. So uh, after that, we go to, I think this is Hannah's room. Yeah. Uh, she's talking to Emily. Emily's like checking her neck out in the mirror as she's getting the, the download from it, from Hannah. Well, I like that it's the reverse of the opening where Emily, like she's, you know, one, one visual portal is changed for another. Mm-hmm. But she has another person behind her now watching yeah. her, filling her in. Emily says, Charles chipped all of us. And Hannah says, that's why it hurts when you press on it. I mean, what the fuck did you girls think it was? You're like, oh, that's weird. I have this strange lump on my neck that hurts. Oh, well. Yeah, you would have thought that that this would have been, I don't know, a concern or investigated. Maybe because they're young. They're just like not worried about shit like that. I feel like I'd be freaking out, you know? I mean, I I get Arya not being concerned. She's tiny and she's oblivious. Mm -hmm. But Spencer... Yeah, I feel like Spencer would have like, just like like clawed it out with her fingernails, like yeah. just like absent mindedly. And then eaten it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, uh, Emily says, and you think this person who did this to us, the person who's after us is Charles, the dead Charles? And, and she's like, bitch, he was never dead and I knew it. He tried to make us believe he was dead because he had to. I mean, the only reason he gave his name up is because he thought we'd never get out of that hellhole. Which does raise the question, why did he chip them then? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could see that just because the dollhouse wasn't exactly tiny. It did allow him to track them, you know, through the dollhouse, per se. I mean, maybe after they almost escaped the first time, it was just like, let me just do this as a precaution. Yeah. You know? Um, Because that that seems to be when they got the chips, is after they tried to escape the first time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, Emily well, says... It's, it's great misdirection, too, because if you strip somebody completely naked and put them on, a, you know, like a, like a morgue slab, like mm-hmm. such as they were, like, yeah, I think I would check to make sure I have, like, all the organs in my abdomen, too. Mm-hmm. I would never... I mean, it's the one spot I really can't see is the back of my neck, you know, I the guess. back of my head. Sure. 
Uh, Emily says, okay, so what was Leslie? And Hannah says, a speed bump on the way to finding Charles, but we will. Believe her. Yeah, and then we get a little quick montage. There's a song called Mortal by Fractured starts playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to Spencer at her like, lame-ass attic meeting. There's like a chair in the front row that's noticeably empty. I guess this is like Dean's sacred chair that nobody else will take. Like nobody else wants to sit there. Did he fart a lot or something? Like we're, also, we're also in a montage, we should point out. Yeah, yeah. Musical montage. I really wanted Spencer to just get up and leave in the middle of this. She's yeah. like, you know what, guys? Meetings are for quitters. And then come back in, make eye contact with everyone. Grab a tray of the goodies. <laughs> Grab the whole box of donuts and walk Shove back them out. in her mouth, powdered donut, like sugar all over her face, walk out. One of the extras in the back of that scene looks like a fat version of the edge. He really does. That's a great description. Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to see like. The, it's like the American version of the edge. I yeah. want like the feet from the numb video to start climbing up his face. Um, so Arya shows up at the brew. Before she goes in, she sees Ezra in the corner on the couch with Nicole. He's yeah. T- He's telling her some story in his fucking douchey element. She was just about to walk in to go, like, get her Ezra fix. But then, oh, wait, Ezra's talking to Nicole. And they're, like, laughing and joking. And it looks like he's probably giving her a book because she's got a book in her hand there. The written language bound into a narrative? That was Ezra's thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I love this uh, because Arya pauses. And it's like, I think Arya... She probably knows that, like, she shouldn't be upset about this. And this is this is probably for the best, all things considered. But you know this is just crushing her soul to see him like this with somebody else. Mm. Uh, so she just has to leave instead. Nice, like, like soft focus change. We could think the, well, the reflection. Wouldn't it be wild if, like, Ezra and Nicole just, like, got together? And, like, mm-hmm. after the time jump, they're married? Oh, yeah. I think that they're going to do that with one of the characters. I think you have to somebody's married to not one of the yeah you have to do something where where one of our beloved couples i use that loosely has to come back together but also uh since you got it earlier i have to take back and thus all my fan fiction begins in another version of this uh like there's like a sugar storm and like ezra does the thing on nicole's lips (laughs) wipes across her lips and Arya's just like i will burn your life to cinder (laughs) Arya's tired of being the cool girl the amazing Arya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cut to Emily's room. She comes in quietly. Sarah Harvey is asleep on her bed, facing away from Emily. And this has got to be calculated, right? Probably like, fresh from a shower. You got your own fucking bed, Sarah. Well, yeah, she has her little like, cot in the corner. Mm-hmm. But no, she's uh, just sleeping, flashing her ass at uh, Emily here. Emily comes over and kind of very delicately sits down. She's trying to get a look at Sarah's neck. Without waking Sarah up. It was like she's pondering it from before she sits. And it's like, yeah, she'll check. She starts like kind of feeling where this, the track will be. And Sarah, this wakes Sarah up. She turns to face her. And Emily's just like, oh, Sarah, I was just. And then Sarah just moves in for the kiss. Mm-hmm. Emily's momentarily surprised. But then they start kissing back. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Everybody hates this relationship. I thought this was kind of a hot scene. I really like the angle of how it ends. Where the camera's kind of at the head of the bed. Mm. And they both just kind of like retreat down out of the out of the screen. Well, and I think a lot of people are reading this as uh, Sarah. Well, yeah, sure. No, but um, Sarah is doing this to kind of distract Emily, basically, because mm-hmm. Sarah doesn't have a tracker, I think is what everyone's assuming. So mm. it's like, stop looking at my neck. Why don't we make out instead? Or uh, her spinal glow red like a Cylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, there's Charles Grave and Aunt Carol's and there's Ken digging it up. 
grimacing and, as usual. Yeah, and we see the card that he got. It's laying on the grass beside the grave. It says in, in A's, both it's both A's usual handwriting and also somehow more kitty, I think, mm-hmm. because of the content. It says, Dear Daddy, coming home for my birthday, you should plan a party to die for. Just you love Charles. And the, dirt is kind of falling on the card as Ken keeps like digging yeah, away. The U is underlined. He's not burying the card. Dirt's just happens to be right. like getting well, on Because as he's lifting the dirt up off the ground, some of it is splattering onto the card. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently everybody is like super fucking impressed with Ken De Laurentiis for doing this. Like people need to like get up off Ken's dick for this. Like, oh, wow, he's digging the grave up. He's the only one who's seen this card. He has information the liars don't. Like, it's not like the liars have been sitting on their hands this whole season. They've been right. investigating all over the place. Uh, they just happen to have been getting red herrings. I don't know that there's anything that Ken could do that would impress me other than everything. Um, <laughs> and then we kind of end like on like one of the classic voyeur shots, like like looking around some bushes at Ken. Oh, there's actually, it's it's hard to see because it's blurred out, but there is a, a leather black gloved hand oh, cool. moving a, a bush out of the way to watch. So A is, is watching Ken through this. I was actually surprised that Ken did, didn't get like conked on the head at the end of the scene. I, yeah, me too. I was really wanting that. They're just like waiting for like, oh, thanks for digging that hole. Clunk. Now you're going in. Yeah. Um, so what is he preparing for? Like, I, I kind of wonder, is is there more that Ken knows that he hasn't told Allie and Jason? Uh, I don't you know, know. You should plan he... a party to die for. Just you. Well, I think that could be just A's usual menacing. Could be, active. yeah. But I think I think what Ken is hoping for is to find a body and that for him, in his mind, to say that it is Charles. He's going to find the barrel. Whoa. So he thinks in the barrel. I know a lot of people want to say it's Eddie Lamb now. I don't think anything's in the barrel. I think it's probably like, like some like pureed like like pig guts or something mm-hmm. mixed with a lot of chemicals to like throw off the cops. That's that's just my personal theory. I I also don't think we're ever gonna find out what was in the fucking barrel. Okay. Uh, if if anything, I would like in the series finale, or it's you know several years later, and for some reason or other, like Tanner's hanging out mm-hmm. and Hannah's there, and she's like, "So what was in the barrel anyway?" And Tanner's like, "Oh, nothing." And I was like, huh. no, she says, actually, Hannah, it was. And then I'm Arlene King. Cut to black. black. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don't stop believing. Mm-hmm. So that was the episode. That was No Stone Unturned by the Maestro. And, Fun episode. And my Goldstick and Oliver Goldstick. They might yeah. have been involved, too. Mm-hmm. Next episode is Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Written by Elijah Baraz, directed by Bethany Rooney. Fun. Yeah. Um I think we talked about Drunk Eight, didn't we? But all you all you need to know about Drunk Eight is this. Uh some person claiming to be a PA had a bunch of spoilers they dropped. We won't get into what they were. Uh they claimed that they were fired for taking Adderall. And they, they failed a drug test because they're taking Adderall as a painkiller, which is all kinds of laughable. <laughs> um I happened to notice this, like it, it posted at like three in the morning. I just happened to be awake and reading Reddit on my phone absentmindedly. I didn't even mean to like, I, I was not intending to read spoilers because I don't read them. Like the, the title of it was just like, I just got fired from Warner Brothers. And I didn't even realize it was a PLL thread when I clicked on it on my phone. And then I was like, oh shit, I just read spoilers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but as I, I read more, I was just like, this guy sounds like he's full of shit. It does not sound like you've been on the set from all these details you're giving. He's just like, oh, I was a PA who was like just moving lights around and the script supervisor told me what to do. And it's like, that doesn't sound right. And then a, a lot of his like actual spoilers he was dropping just, they didn't sound right. Like his like reveal, like the person, like A was revealed by basically like taking a character aside and just being like, I'm A. And it's like, that's not how they would reveal A. Like, they'd have something more clever than that. And uh, he, he dropped a bunch of spoilers. He or she dropped a bunch of spoilers for this last episode, stuff that was going to happen. Um, half of it was wrong. So I think you can assume he was just making guesses off of, like, the synopsis of the episode and sneak peeks. Uh, he got a lot of stuff wrong about this episode. So going to officially declare that guy bullshit. I mean, I more than King already did, but I feel like this episode confirmed it. I've seen a lot of people's reaction like like it's fascinating to me where people are like, why would they deny it? You know, like this is true. And it's like, well, why why do you think they would deny it? They're, well, they're trying to have a TV show that will surprise and excite you. Oh, well, no, he's also like talking shit about their production and yeah, saying yeah. he's like fired for taking Adderall and like, I don't know. I mean, that's got to be annoying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was Drunk Gate. Let us never speak of it again. And nobody was fired, too. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back next time to talk about oh brother where art thou um what do we have to talk about a few things uh we recently did a little ama on one of the pll subreddits it's a private subreddit though so uh if you didn't read it sorry you won't be able to um oh and we're gonna do a q a round table coming up after the season is over there's uh with the uh the girls from the bustle pll podcast taking this one to the grave uh, so if you want to send us some questions for that, send them to broswatchpl2 at gmail.com. Uh, it'll be after the season's over, so theories about who A is probably won't mean as much at that point. Just keep that in mind, question-wise. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. should be fun. They recently interviewed Sarah Shepard, who uh, wrote the PLO books. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot of reviews in the last two weeks. Uh, one of them was just a bunch of exclamation marks and question marks. There was also Lene Bear, ST88, J Renee424, Milo88, Hannah Marie B, like that name, or I'm sorry, Hanny Marie B, uh, Hannah Ellsworth, A Jones103, Help Needed. I think that was actually like somebody requesting like assistance. Uh, <laughs> Baby Beachball, Nick 12 C Mackie Mac, Nick Valencia, uh, somebody who just like pounded on their keyboard, a bunch of random letters, Mohunt 23. And then from Germany, Merv 112 and Nathalie 545. So thank you to everyone who left us reviews. Uh, you can do that if you like on iTunes. We have many, many reviews now. We have 144 star ratings, 98 reviews. Uh, say we're doing pretty well on that front. Oh, we really appreciate it too. Also, if you, for the few people who have, uh, slightly more than a few people who have emailed questions since we talked about doing a Q&A podcast, I appreciate it. I haven't emailed you all back just to say thank you. Uh, I have received your questions, but I have received your questions. I, you know, we're holding on to them. Um, I kind of forgot that we talked about it on <laughs> air. I almost started to answer. Because some of the questions about us, some of the questions about, you know, the stuff of the show, what we think. I almost started to respond as I tried to whenever someone emails, I try to respond, you know, hopefully be helpful and interesting. Um, so, but I wanted to at least tell you all that I received your questions. I apologize. I haven't got back to you yet. Um, 
one young woman asked me because it's uh, asked because we talked i talk about jake Cliff's recaps uh you can find them all you can't find them on television on pity anymore but he has to release them as ebooks you can find them through amazon or i believe if you go to gumroad you can pick a different format than than kindle and i think jacob actually gets more money from that so i would highly recommend going and picking up jacob's fiction and or his recaps about various tv shows yeah if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. On Twitter, we are at broswatchpll2. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, just thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and we'll be back next time. Bye-bye.